Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You know, I, I, I hate to say, I told you so. But uh, I missed this story when it came out on the 5th. We're going to go over it tonight. I talked about it earlier today. Owen Schroyer is being targeted by the DOJ. They want 120 days in prison. Why? Speech. Owen Schroyer, a pundit, personality, and journalist for InfoWars, said some things. And uh, for the things he said, the DOJ says he should go to prison for it. And this is what I said was going to happen. I said, now they're going after, they, they go after Trump, they go after his lawyers. The next people in line are going to be the pundits who are advocating for or encouraging people on January 6th. First person in line, Owen Schroyer. Now, a few, a few important details. He did not go into the Capitol. The InfoWars team had a permit to have a rally outside the Capitol in a different area. Owen Schroyer was on Capitol grounds. This is the initial pretext they get to charge him. He pleads guilty. They then say in the charging, in the sentencing document, the prosecutor says, because of his speech before, during, and after the event, he should get this amount of time in prison. It's not a one for one to what I was exactly describing, but it's basically the opening the door, the midway point. A guy said some things about January 6th, encouraged people. He challenged the, the established order. And for that, he should go to prison. We're going to talk about that. We do have a lot of good news, though. And the reason why they're getting so heavy handed, CNN's got a poll out. Trump's winning. If the election were held today, Trump wins. Yeah, it's within the margin of error, but he's beating Biden. And CNN says never in the 2020 cycle did they have polls that showed this level of uh, 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 this high, high probability for Donald Trump. You also have at a Yankees game. A banner was unfurled that said Trump or death. So I certainly hope not. But it's getting uh, it's getting crazy out there. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Click TimCast XIRL. Miami, and uh, pick up your tickets today to come hang out with us live in Miami at our live show, October 6th, 6 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. We got a bunch of free stuff for you when you show up. We got Public Square is sponsoring it, and we're going to have Patrick Bet David, Donald Trump Jr., Matt Gates, and of course, me, Tim Poole, Luke Rutkowski, and Crossland will all be there. We hope to see you there. We got a pre-show. We've got an after-show Q&A for all of you who hang out and stick around in the audience to talk to all of us, ask us questions. It's going to be really exciting. Don't forget to also go to TimCast.com. Click join us. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only uncensored show coming up for you tonight at 10 p.m. where you as members can actually submit questions and call into the show to talk to us and uh, ask us questions directly. You got to be a member for at least six months or sign up today at the $25 per month level, granting you instant access. It kind of sucks, but this is like our gatekeeping method to make sure creepy weirdo stalkers and, you know, people who are trying to harass us don't come in and waste our time. But again, TimCast.com, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Martha Bueno. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? What do you do? So thank you so much for having me. I'm Martha Bueno. I am a liberty activist and I am the first person in the United States to have used uh, OnlyFans as a campaign, as a method to campaign. Um, I am also a um, entrepreneur. In what way, though, is the, is the, <laughs> is the question? How, how? how did I use OnlyFans? Yeah. 
I put political content on OnlyFans. I, it, it was very G-rated, however. Right, because immediately people are like, what are you saying? Are you saying you did adult the, comedy? The spice level was about green pepper level. Oh, green pepper. <laughs> it was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, so what are, you, what are you doing now? Uh, currently, I just launched uh, Our Good. It is a new way to consume Delta-8, the... Um, uh, or in other cannabinoids. And uh, you can check us out at rgood.com. Right on. Thanks for hanging out. We got Phil Labonte. Hello, everybody. My name is Phil Labonte. I am the lead singer of the heavy metal band All That Remains, and I am an anti-communist and counter-revolutionary. Missed you last week. We had a great episode with uh, Thank you. Jackson Hinkle. We'll see you again soon. You know. Hey, I found, I just read recently that people want to polish the Statue of Liberty. All that green, it's green because it's basically um, oxidized copper, and if you polish it down, it's going to be like a bronze, copper, shiny. Would you guys suggest putting tax money into that would that be a good public works project i actually don't hate the idea and i think that uh new jersey and new york should actually compete for who's going to actually clean it up because jersey's always saying oh you know ellis island or i mean uh liberty islands in, in new jersey it's not new york blah 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 so let them fight about it and then and like, whoever cleans it gets to have it for a year t-mobile the next t-mobile year. wins the bid and it's the t-mobile statue of liberty i hope that the, doesn't happen for the remainder of the contract <laughs> that i really hope that doesn't happen i think that it's fine that it's green i don't know whatever yeah it yeah. looked cool the picture that they showed of it was like wow it could be shining the tweet, sunlight that'd be cool the tweet that he was talking the tweet when they were talking about it he was talking about like doing it as an idea of like rejuvenating America and bringing American spirit back and, and et cetera. And there are times where those kind of policies or those kind of uh, things can, can inspire people. I don't know if it's a great idea. I don't know if it's, a, if it's, if it's going to do a whole lot, but I don't, I don't think it's a, you know, it's not a horrible idea. It'd kind of neat. Let me know in the chat. We also have Carter Banks in tonight. What's up guys filling in for Kellen. He's filling in for surge. I think we should keep it green for now. Just for old times' sake, but for old times' sake, yeah, technically yeah. old times' sake would be to polish, polish it. it. Yeah. Well, I'd then say never polish mind. It. <laughs> polish it. Uh, I like green. I don't know. All right. Well, let's jump into this first story. It's from none other than everyone's favorite media matters for America. Ah, yes, trash cans. I actually, I actually really like this article. It says Alex Jones claims Infowars host Owen Schroyer was charged for free speech. That's it. They don't insult Alex Jones. They don't write anything. They literally just post a quote and a video of Alex Jones, which. Uh, I will play a bit for you here right now. I think. Uh, now, this deals with Owen and, and, and this deals with the rest of the January 6th people where their lawyers are like, we don't want you to antagonize the system. We don't want you to sit there and, and do a bunch of stuff. Let us try to not get them in prison. I'm like, well, I want to defend them. I want to talk about it. Well, it's up to them if they want help or not. And, and, and Owen's a smart cookie, but they're trying to put Owen in jail, in prison. They filed last night. He sentenced next week goes to D.C., and I didn't cover it, but the Gateway Pundit did, breaking D.C. prosecutors seek 120 days in prison for Owen Schroyer for speaking out against stolen election 2020. Speech, Speech not crime. crime. Now, now that's yep. not just the Gateway Pundit's headline. I have, overhead shot please, right here, the charging document the feds put forward. Here it is. We actually have that as well. And so in the charging document, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. They basically say before January 6th, on January 6th, and after January 6th, Owen Schroyer had said things that incited people. And uh, for that, they are seeking this sentence. The criminal charge against him is not for speech. It's for uh, being on the Capitol grounds. But they're arguing that he is the reason people stormed the Capitol. They highlight this. 
be a part of history, fight for Trump. And it shows people outside the Capitol, uh, Alex Jones and Owen with bullhorns. And if you scroll down, I'll jump down to uh, right before they get to their, their recommendations. They go on to mention, uh, let's see, uh, I want to try and find this specific portion. May, they go on to mention after the fact, August. So this is for his speech that they are seeking to put him in jail. When I said that the next people they'd come for would be pundits, I didn't, I didn't mean like outright it would be Owen Shore or anything like that. There are people who are not in the Capitol, on the, who are not on the Capitol grounds, who I am referring to. And there are people who are not even in D.C. who I am referring to. I even said like prominent cable personalities who were in communications with Trump legal's team who, who pushed the narrative, prominent personalities, many of whom got sued. They're going to come after them next. But Owen Schroyer is in between. He not only was there on the ground, he didn't go in the building, but he was also someone that they're seeking a prison sentence for over speech he made after the fact. I blame Obama. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> uh, because the precedent for going after journalists was set with uh, Snowden and with uh, Assange, and then the Obama administration went after James Rosen. Uh, so the idea that this is the first time, no, this is something that's been in motion for a long time. And there's a lot of people, people around this table and, and other pundits and stuff that have have been vocal about how it's a bad thing that, you know, Snowden hasn't been uh, pardoned and, and Assange hasn't been pardoned. And it's a bad thing that that Rosen went to jail and the Democrats did. Rosen actually went to jail or, or I'm sorry that, that they, uh, they they went after him. He, we've had yeah. him on the show. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I was here. And, and he was talking about, you know, they wiretapped him and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, the fact that we have allowed the government to get away with it is why it continues. Now, the situation we're in right here, if this does happen and he goes to jail for speech, it's only going to be worse. They're not, there's not going to be someone that says, okay, that's enough. BS. They're going to be like, all right, that worked. The American people allowed it. This is a new power we have and we can do this. So let, 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 let's go back in time. Let's go back to when the, when the Biden administration targeted James Rosen, a journalist, trying to put him in jail. When uh, Obama uh, charged whistleblowers and journalists under the Espionage Act more than any other president combined, than mm -hmm. all the other presidents combined. Yeah. Imagine sure going back then when we were com concerned about this and telling people in 10 years, they're going to put a guy in jail because he was on the Capitol grounds bullhorn. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And then after the fact, he said, you, he said he said stuff like, to a certain degree, we should be proud of what we did that day. He said something like, the, he's, he maintains the election was stolen. One of the reasons they want him in jail is because they said, even after all of this, he still maintains the election was stolen. As if he has to publicly change his opinion. Yeah, this is, this is Soviet level. This is culture revolution level, communist, authoritarianism. Welcome to the future. And it happens very quickly. Very quickly. It goes from you're free to you're not free. I mean, look, we're discussing 10 years. Not even, I mean, and, and think about the past few years. 
Think about where we were six, seven years ago. And it, it's, it's laughable to me that there are people who are like, ah, you're overreacting or you're, you know, it's exaggerating or it's shot content. I'm like, dude, I think the issue is that everybody is standing in the middle of the forest. And when you tell them, dude, you are in the middle of the forest, like, what do you mean? Just a can full of trees. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm like, bro, you can't tell where all the other trees are because you're standing in the middle of all of them. Yeah, you got to look at nine. I mean, nine eleven is like, you know, when you see those buildings fall in free fall. I, I'm, most people can understand it when they see the site. When they okay, see, hold on, nah. Like you want to talk you about just, the, you just jumped slow boil way total, too far. That's the beginning of this you totalitarian can, yes. seizure, man. And I, I can respect that, but you got to slow down a little. The bit. way that the government, you got to talk about. Okay, so. We ended up in this position with the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization yeah, it was Act, like 2010 or something. 2000, I think that was 12, 12 which yeah. gave the indefinite, de which signed into law the indefinite detention provision, which is an offshoot of what is effectively the Bush era expansion of authoritarianism, anti-terror policies, and the expansion of the creation of DHS, which emerges God. out of the Patriot Act, which starts after 9/11. I watched it happen so, in real time too. It was crazy, and like it, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying we got to we got to work. We got to explain to people how we get from point A to point B. Right. This would set like a precedent for that to be acceptable if they were to pull that off. And now it is. Now now we're here. When when we talked uh, in 2012 about the the indefinite detention provision that Obama signed into law, the NDA provision that says they could snatch you up in the middle of the night without charge or trial, hold you on a military vessel. 11 miles off the coast of this country and rendition you. We were like, that's scary. And the response from everybody is, oh, you're nuts. That's never going to happen. Shut your mouths. Mm -hmm. Because now we're at the point where they're arresting journalists. They're arrested. Well, they've been targeting journalists. That's the Obama era. Around the same time, going after a Rosen. Julian Assange. That's, that's an informal assassination as far as I'm concerned. Owen Schroyer said bombastic things outside the Capitol. And for that, they want to go to prison. This is the next grain of sand. They're going after lawyers. They're going after political. Uh, they're going after politicians. It's not just Trump. They removed Coy yep. Griffin in New Mexico from the ballot. This is well beyond the point. We are we are potentially a couple years away from the actual implementation of an indefinite detention mm -hmm. act. The Trump and I, and I hate the fact that this is so prescient now. But Trump said. They're not coming after you, or they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just in the way. And it, I hate the fact that it looks like that's the case. The idea that it's just Trump is something that it, that I've been pushing back against with Democrats, specifically shit libs, uh, for a long time. Because they think, oh, well, Donald Trump is different. Donald Trump is different. It's like... The thing that's different is the behavior of the Democrats and the left. The influence of authoritarianism in the United States on the left is undeniable. And the, the fact that people have been ignoring it or just saying, no, no, it's not true, likely because they don't believe it's true because they have normal jobs and normal lives and they're not steeped in this stuff like people that do this stuff all the time. But the fact of the matter is the federal government has never been more authoritarian they're throwing people in jail in the way that they did like during the uh, the Civil War and in the 20s or no, was it was it Wilson that threw people in jail? FDR threw people in jail, but FDR it's back did, to yeah. the old, you know, authoritarian government. And that's not acceptable there. I, and I said we've said this a bunch. I don't see the off ramp. If this is accepted, what's going to be next? Because it's not going to be. Oh, we're going to chill out. It would take someone in the Democrat Party with in power standing up and saying, we can't do this. And there is no one that even wants to. They're all enjoying it.
think it's going to come from us, to be honest. That's scary. Yeah, it is scary. But you know what? Nobody's coming to save you. And you see this everywhere where authoritarianism just takes hold. You know, everybody's like, well, we just need a savior. And that's why you get that charismatic leader that comes in and destroys the country. And, you know, maybe that charismatic leader that we need to save us is Trump. But I doubt it. No, I think he, he was, was in power before and he did nothing for Julian Assange. He did nothing for Edward, Edward Snowden. He did nothing for Ross Ulbricht. He's done nothing to change the situation that we're in now. He had the opportunity. Four years was plenty. Yeah, but there's nobody else. He, there is nobody well, else. I agree with you. Right. There's nobody else. And so at this point, it's Trump or nobody. But right. we oh, can't expect that Trump is going to come <clears throat> save us. Yeah, we have to understand that it's going to come from us and it's going to come from Americans. Number one, understanding history, understanding where this is going, and then doing something about it because they can't control us if we don't allow them to. You you were talking earlier about uh, Venezuela. Can you go ahead and uh, relate some of the things that you were telling us about? Because this is pre this is important now because this is something that it's it's possible that we're going to have to worry about. We have got there are people that that. And I'll, I really do want you to, but I want to say this first. People that, that deny that there is a problem on the left, they need to go to urban areas and talk to the, pe the, po the political activists, the people that are on the ground working with the, with the communities. Talk to them. You go to, you go to Brooklyn, there's DSA everywhere, which is the Democratic Socialists of America, full of commies, full of communists. And, and, they're they're at the point where they'll they'll tell you about it. So if you don't mind, go ahead and and, and somehow some it's okay to be a communist in this country. Like you would never call Not yourself. Not according to me. <laughs> you know. Well, let's <laughs> let's let's start from the beginning. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. People don't realize this that Venezuela was a wealthy capitalist nation. Absolutely. So I wasn't born in Venezuela because my mom hightailed it back to the U.S. to have me. Um, but I was I. I was taken to Venezuela when I was nine days old and I lived there until back and forth between the US until I was 15. So, you know, I'm however, like my age old is how like long this has been going on. Not even much less. I watched communism, socialism enter into Venezuela. Venezuela was one of the most prosperous nations in Latin America. Before Venezuela, it was Cuba, which was, of course, destroyed by the same ideology. And there's no way to talk about Venezuela without talking about Cuba because Fidel Castro, the dictator of Cuba, trained Hugo Chavez um, in Cuba on how to do this. You know, it's it, I, I think people just assume that it's easy to come into power and take over. Um, and and it, he did it in the very similar ways to Castro. So, yeah, it starts very sim similarly. And it's this class warfare. It starts with the, well, you're poor because that guy over there has your money. That guy over there has your, your jobs and your opportunities. And, you know, you're poor because of them. So you see the class warfare. And that's, that's really where, I, you know, it started like dawning on me here in the U.S. Like, oh, wait, I've seen this before. It's that, that. And then, it, you know, it, it, authoritarianisms come in. And, of course, you can't, it, your guns is the first thing they take. Um, you know, unfortunately, here in the U.S., we have started to lose a little bit of our, our, our gun freedoms. And I understand that that's scary for some people, but I, I disagree on that one. It's I'm, actually not true. What? Uh, gun rights have expanded rapidly and exponentially over the past two decades in ways that the, this country is, is, is it's been good. Right. So uh, D.C. versus Heller, the right to for individuals to keep and bear arms outside of their home was 2008. 
If you look at the uh, issuance of gun permits, there was not a single state that would allow you to have a gun for the most part back in the 80s. It was it was actually difficult to have guns. Now, we did have a different culture where people had rifles and there was like uh, uh, gun clubs in schools. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the past 20 years, the expansion of individual liberties and gun rights has been exponential to the point where now I think half the country is constitutional carry or or, or, I'm sorry, it's probably safer to say uh, uh, open carry in more than half the country, which did not exist 20, 30 years ago. What was it before that when we didn't have to? You need you needed a permit and they wouldn't give it to you. When did we need a permit? So even with the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. they st- you, you still had back in the day, let's like let's go back to the frontier era in New York. They didn't allow you to have guns. Second Amendment said you have the right to keep and bear arms, and it was in your house, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, famously, you'll look at, you know, old, uh, old Westerns or whatever. The trope was, the American history was, you'd go into a town and they could order you to turn over your weapons. Now we're in an era, and, 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 and again, for the most part, people would carry guns because you're out in the middle of nowhere and no one can enforce anything anyway. But we get into this modern era. Uh, you go back to the 1900s. We get the NFA, early 1900s. I think it was like the 20s. And they start expanding rapid control of firearms and making it harder and harder. It's actually, uh, if you look at the map of the right to keep and bear arms without a permit, the government can't question you, started to emerge after the 80s. So we're actually doing really, really well. That's amazing. Maybe yeah, that's really why good. they're going after the First Amendment instead of the second one. Mm-hmm. They are going because after the Second Because you kind of need to get rid of the first one, too, in order to... You know, they're, go after the second one then. Well, I, 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 they're going after the Second Amendment for sure. They're, ne- they're never stopping, but they are losing. And I think it's important for everyone to understand. I don't want to tell everybody, we won, hooray, you know, stop fighting. No, 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 no. You got to be vigilant. But uh, you, you pull up a map of, uh, it, it, it used to be every state was a basic, basically a no issue or may issue. You wanted a gun, you'd go to the police, you'd go to the government, say, can I get a permit? They'd say, sure. And then they'd never give it to you. Now... Overwhelming. I, I think. I think more than half this country is is open carry. Meaning, you can if you're a resident, you can walk into the gun store. You do a federal background check. They hand you the gun. You can you can walk out holding it. Some states like West Virginia, Texas. Now, I, I don't I don't know how many states are constitutional carry, but but it, a lot. We'll, I'll, Texas I'll pull is now. Yeah. Um, meaning you can walk in as a resident. You fill out your uh, your your national instant check system. Your next background check, and then they could jam you up for for a few days. Three days is the max. But typically, you'll be cleared within five or ten minutes, and then you can actually take the weapon and conceal it on your person and go walk around. So those rights have been expanding rapidly, and I think it's important people know that I, I think we're winning across the board, and what we're seeing with the expansion of these extremist policies and the targeting of the likes of Owen Schroyer and these lawyers is that they're losing control. 26 states. Our constitutional carry? That's what I thought, but it's crazy to think more than half the country allows you to just buy and carry a weapon. Even crazier, like I started, I got my concealed carry permit like 2019, and then I just renewed it like yesterday, but uh, I don't need it anymore. Like they're they're, uh, constitutional carry now. Right, like, and they say, uh, you know, if if West Virginia, for instance, if you get your your concealed carry permit, you don't even get the, the background check per weapon anymore because... The process by which you get your concealed carry permit is your background check. Yeah. And at that point, you're allowed to just freely purchase weapons. Whereas if you don't have it, you have to get a background check every single time you buy. They're making guns out of graphene now. Did you see that? Oh, wow. Yeah, a little 22. Nice. Super lightweight, apparently. Yeah, so if you take a look at this image, right to carry in 1986, and you can watch the progression. Uh, 
This is awesome. Look, at, I mean, this is amazing. May issue means they're not giving it to you. No issue states. Texas would not give you a, a, a permit for carrying a weapon. To, in 2000, look at all these states, red states, that are saying you can't carry. This so is crazy. Blue is constitutional carry, is that right? Blue is shall issue, meaning that if you apply for a permit, they have to give you one. Unrestricted oh, okay. is constitutional carry. Look at the expansion of constitutional carry in this country. Here we go. 2019, 2020. 2021. Uh, yeah, that's a look at this. That's crazy. That's, that's <laughs> people saying they don't like ESG. Basically. Look at the 86. You couldn't get a gun in these states. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the yellow ones were May issue, meaning you'd apply and they wouldn't give it to you. If you were lucky, maybe. That's crazy. The ultimate to think. defense, dude. You arm your citizens. You allow your citizens to arm themselves. It's the ultimate. But this stay is the, organized. This is the important thing to consider. The polarization and extremism that we're seeing. We are seeing a rise of communists, of authoritarians. And they are getting increasingly desperate, despite the fact that we've been winning across the board on, on the issue of gun rights. They have been gaining control in institutions. They have been subverting our children, our education system, our entertainment uh, uh, industry. And now they're in government and the, the likes of the Democratic Party have weaponized the DOJ to try and go after anyone that opposes them. But I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose. And this this should say it right to everybody's face. Look, man. They have their victories. It, it, the conflict is never without your losses and your wins. But I think I think we're winning and everything they're doing is panic and fear. But if at any point we stop and sit back and think it's over, they, they win it. They win it. Yeah, we're in the middle of a global revolution of consciousness. Like it is the new world order is forming. We have no time to waste. There's no reason to stop to keep pushing. We need to change and create the world in the image of the United States Constitution. In my opinion, this is our one option. I uh, I. I have a problem with the idea of us needing to do stuff for the rest mm -hmm. of the world. That's very authoritarian and it's very uh, neocon and very stuff that we got ourselves into a lot of trouble in Iraq and Afghanistan and all other a whole bunch of other places trying to do. It is not America's job to make the rest of the world like America. And that's part of why like nationalism should not be a dirty word. Like you shouldn't be like jingoistic and be like, I want to export war for my country, but you should be like, it's okay for there to be countries with different laws. And I don't think that it's a good idea to, just because we believe that America has like the best system, we can believe that, but that doesn't mean that other people in other countries would agree. That's And I think that's what happened in Iraq. We went in there and we're like, we're going to deliver democracy. But the Iraqi people, the population that you're giving the, the this new government or new structure to has to be willing to accept it and want to do it. If America falls to an authoritarian uh, government, it will be because the American people have said we accept this. It'll be because Democrats have said we're going to vote for the, the government to have this kind of power. I, I, I want, I want everyone point. to look at this map real quick. This is the uh, finalized map of the country and uh, your guns. Where it's green, you do not need a permit to carry concealed. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. 
That's crazy. So you just walk Where, into a gun shop and buy it on the, off the shelf, put it in your pocket. If you're a resident, out. you still have to go through a federal background check. You can then take the weapon after being cleared, put it in your belt or your holster, cover it up, and walk on out. You don't need a permit. Very cool. Where it's blue, you do need a permit, but no longer do we have the may issue or no issue states. It used to be, and this 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 uh, ruling just dropped. What, what was the what was the ruling? Um, it was just like a year ago or whatever when Which they one? said when they when the Supreme Court ruled you have to give a permit to carry if you have a permit. I remember so, when it happened, but I don't remember right. what it's called. Right, Mar- Maryland, for instance, and New Jersey were considered no issue. Yeah, uh, they call themselves uh, May issue. You apply for a permit, and they claim everyone can get a gun, but then in Maryland and New Jersey and and parts of California, you'd say, okay, I'd like to get a permit. They'd say, what do you need it for? And you'd have to give them a reason they approve of. And they never mm-hmm. approve. Hold on. If you're rich, they approve. Mm-hmm. Yep. So rich it's a people. Class issue. Oh, hands down. Rich people would, uh, and celebrities would go in and say, I need a gun. They'd say, why? And they would say, I'm worth millions of dollars and I'm, I'm concerned for my safety. And they go, oh, mm-hmm. right away, sir. Right away. And they, they, you get your permit. Regular working class person says, you know, look, I, I want to keep my family safe. They say, how dare you come in here? Get out of here. And the cops with a smile on their face will arrest you if you try and defend yourself under the sec- under Second Amendment rights. It seems yeah. like the law legal system is class warfare at its finest because 100%. any rich person can buy their way out of jail. I don't think it's just oh, being oh. rich. Trump is rich. It's 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 not just the money. It's who you are. It's who you know. Right. Connections. Mm-hmm. But, but money plays a big role. For example, um, in, in Wrigleyville in Chicago, everybody knows this. It's like, I don't know what the current ticket is. It used to be 50 bucks if you parked illegally. Mm. And you know what that means? It means if you want to park to go to see a baseball game, it's 50 bucks. Street parking, yep. 50 bucks. Exactly. The- because it's so hard to find parking, people would park, double park, park in front of fire hydrants and be like, I don't care. I'll, I'll take the $50 ticket. Only- Otherwise, I'm not getting parking. The only problem with that is if they're going to go ahead and, and tell you. If, if they, you're they, in a place they, they don't they tell you. Where? So the 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 all. I almost never saw anybody get towed because there's too many cars illegally parked. Ah, okay. So yeah, civil disobedience. There are some tow companies that'd be like, like, all right, boys, let's start pulling them in because we're about to make money. But for the most part, everybody just, it was normal that everyone did it. However, one time someone parked, double parked in front of my apartment where my friend's car was and we ain't playing no games. <laughs> we needed to use the car. And so it's just like, no, I don't care. Baloney. Oh, tow company. The tow company. Tow, tow company I, came and took it away. I wanted to, to finish off what we were talking about, Phil, earlier, a few minutes ago, that um, spreading American exceptionalism mm-hmm. around Earth. Because I used to be kind of ambivalent about it. Then the wars over in the Middle East happened. I'm like, no, I'm done. Go back to isolation. We do not need to be involved. Head in the sand. Forget about it. Focus on me. And then shit just went, hey, like the whole globe just started to take the United States over. Like culture war, internet, shuttle deceit, using the internet, twisting people, defects, messing with your politicians. And like, we do need to be involved with auditing and editing the world's police force and the world's governance. Um, I don't want to do it by force of military. That obviously failed in the Middle East. I think that almost always, not always, it doesn't always fail. You can conquer and 80 years later, if you're willing to face the attrition, those will be your people. But it takes generations for that to happen and we're not really in a world with everything happening so quick but the I, world war ii kind of putting into that stuff but of, of colonization and yeah because the thing is once you when you industrialize war and make it possible to annihilate entire cities the idea of of using force and war to conquer territory kind of stops being acceptable and that's part of the reason why there's been proxy wars and, and small wars since world war ii but we've managed to avoid a a a global uh, world war because there are there has been the 
the effort by the West to prevent other countries from having nuclear weapons, which we talked about the other night, um, you know, to to prevent the the uh, what's the word they use? Anyways, other countries from getting nuclear weapons. Yeah. But proliferation. The point, proliferation. Thank you. Um, but the point is, uh, they. I'm sorry, I lost it. Go ahead and put things. Well, you're saying that it's hard to conquer and and amalgamate the population with total war tactics. Yeah, it's these too days. dangerous. But so I I, I don't know, I'm open to hearing what you guys think about. Not, I mean, you do kind of have to force the like. I'm forcing this conversation right now. In a sense, it's not it's not warlike. Not really. Good ideas don't require force. But for me to even come up here and sit down and put a camera on and like force myself to be in this situation, I could easily be playing video games alone in my room in a studio apartment People in the middle of the city. Copy what they see that they like, and you know what? That's why the United States was the United States, and everywhere else. Like when I lived in Venezuela, everything the United States did was awesome. And everybody wanted to be like the United States. Maybe they didn't say it outright. I mean, we talked about it a whole lot in Venezuela. It's like, ooh, did you buy that in the U.S.? It's special because you got it in the U.S. Like, you know, people want to copy what is good. And so if we were that country that we were supposed to be, people would be copying us. Unfortunately, that's not us yeah. anymore. And that love was it. back in the 90s when people were like, I, I, it's U.S. I love it. I love it. Well, they loved from, it. Because from the 50s yeah. all the way through, I mean, blue jeans, blue jeans, there's people say that the thing that took the Soviet Union out was blue jeans. But so we were <laughs> yeah, just as it was, corrupt. It was the economy. Our economy country was just as corrupt in the 90s, but people didn't know. So they still right. worshiped the United States and were willing to take on its ideals. I didn't you know? know. I lived in Venezuela and I was like, wow, this is corrupt. That country over there, America, they're so great. It's, it's, it's not corrupt. And then I get here and I'm like, oh, boy, it, it's almost I wrong. a justification to hide our corruption from the world. We do corruption so well, though. I mean, and to be to be fair, as far as corruption goes, the United States is exceptional. Right. In other countries <laughs> are really bad. Like the, there, there yeah, are local countries. Police yeah, there are awesome. countries where if you get pulled over. Like you're not getting a ticket, you're handing him a hundred bucks, or you're going to jail. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There's one or the other. In Venezuela, is alcohol though. Yeah. I want to I want to jump to the story as we talk about uh, the love for America. From Marca.com, Trump supporters unveil massive Trump or death banner. They say flag it. at Yankees game. Take a look at this image. 1776, 2024, Trump or death. <laughs> you know that kind of freaks me out. It's like, if Trump doesn't get elected, what are they saying? Are they saying, give me liberty or give me death, except it's Trump instead of liberty? No, I don't know. That, they, that's the slogan of Cuba right there. Are, are they saying that if Trump isn't elected, it will be death? What is the slogan of Cuba? Patria o muerte. Patri uh, your country or death. That's that's the slogan. That's a Cuban slogan right there, which is why that song went viral. What, the Patria Vida. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, your country or death. That's the slogan what, for what's Cuba. Like, what's the direct literal translation? It's patriot. Patria is your homeland. Homeland. Homeland or death. Wow. Yeah. With Thomas Hen was it Thomas Henry? Give me liberty or give me death. That's the whole like, give me exactly what I want or I'll die. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying leave me alone, or I will fight you. Oh. That's what's being implied. Well, liberty, the freedom to do what I want, or I will fight for that liberty and that means i will fight to the death for that liberty. as opposed to give me x yeah. or die it's not or death. it's, it's not it give, give me, me liberty thing. or give me death, give me death. Yeah, yeah it's it's leave it's, me you alone have, you have two choices either you're going to give me my liberty or you're going to have to kill me but giving liberty is basically leave me alone yeah. it's not give me donald trump not yeah, give not, me a result it's, it's stay off my lawn basically. so liberty is a negative 
right? So you don't need to be given a thing or you don't need someone else to act on your behalf. There, it's not a positive action to have liberty, right? So give me liberty is leave me alone. Like don't don't take a positive action action against me. But in Cuba, for it's like worship the patri- worship the homeland or that suffer. Was Fidel's, yeah, that was Fidel's slogan. That's yeah. what they came into Cuba with was wow. patria muerte. So, um, yeah, when I saw that flag, I was like, whoa, that's authoritarian AF. Yeah, man. Uh, you mentioned the charismatic guy that comes in and destroys the world destroys i feel like obama did it and then trump just kept going with well we all thought obama obama was going to be our savior right i mean like that was the big thing i didn't i'm sure nobody at this table did but i think so i had i felt like that yeah i I mean a lot of people we got it yeah and it was like you know he's this great guy he looks good on camera man the, the man can dress you know and he's he says all the right things and then you know drops a few bombs on kids and american citizens and you know it's 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 just, I don't know. It's scary to watch. It's scary to watch Everybody, and pay attention. Obama is more likely to be the charismatic. Like, if someone were to come to me and said, "Do you think that the charismatic leader who we, uh, leader who leads the world to destruction is around today?" I'd be like, "It's possible." If you came to me and said you thought it was either Trump or Obama, I'd be like, "Oh, there's no question. It's not Trump." The dude certainly has charisma, mm-hmm. but he also has serious issues with half the country, and a lot of people really don't like him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, he's not, he's, he's, yeah. They're no. forcing Obama. us to like him. They're Obama is, like is, is the famous silver, silver tongue, you know, world leader celebrity who was doing awful yeah, horrible Trump. things. Well, tr- I don't know if I'd say awful, but Trump was like a movie star. He was a TV star, mm-hmm. like a character actor. With telling jokes, being like "You're fired" with a smile, calling Rosie O'Donnell fat, like just a just a charismatic. Even though you would say, but you can be charismatic and cruel, or charismatic and say mean things that upset people charismatically. And he did that. So, but my my point is simply: if if it came down to who do you think out of the two was more likely to be the charismatic leader who leads the world to ruin? It's Obama. I felt like it was was a package. It was it was 2008 to 2020. We had this mess of celebrity in charge that just made it about Uh, who who can who can smack talk better. It got got hotter the longer it went on. I I think that's probably just a a, a, an an artifact of this is your generation. But it never happened because yeah, Ronald Reagan was a movie star, Mm -hmm. but he didn't act like that. He wasn't like he did. I, I was literally watching a documentary earlier. It's hilarious, by the way. And I forgot what it's called, but it's like how my dad got radicalized from a Democrat to far right because of Rush Limbaugh. And it was really hilarious watching this thing because it's it's mirror reality. I mean, they got the guy from Media Matters and this and Media Matters just posts like insane lies all the time and conspiracy theories. And I'm like to act like you're not in the cult and you're listening to this guy. But uh, in it, they're talking about Ronald Reagan. They're talking about Richard Nixon. They're talking about the fast, quick one-liners and demagoguery and celebrity and building cults of personality. And wow. I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah, they did with Clinton. And he this played is the like, saxophone on Arsenio Hall or something. Right. No, on MTV, this, man. This, this documentary it? is about yeah. Rush Limbaugh. This is about like, you know, the, the, 2000, the 90s and the 2000s. This is not about even Trump. They've been saying the same thing over and over again. They said Bush was Hitler. Every Republican is Hitler. It's the same game they play every single time. The difference is social media, because if Reagan, Reagan wasn't able to get his word out without the networks going on to like, you know, David Letterman or something so that it was all network approved. But Trump bypasses this, the FCC and goes straight to the mouth with like Twitter 
and it just upended the entire like any kind of normalcy or like things Control. you don't like you don't go on not national television and call someone a fat pig when you're the president use that pulpit and that power and that authority to demean someone's physical appearance it's like what in the hell did he just do to the essence of the United States presidency? That was a terrible misuse of power, in my opinion. I mean, I don't think that Obama was really like I. I don't think that that uh, that Trump was really significantly worse than other presidents. Like they Maybe significantly better. Yeah. Like, well, when it comes to to rhetoric and stuff like Foreign that, people, policy people act like the rhetoric that he that he had like like, like was so bad. And I agree with you about right. foreign policy. Um, but the. Uh, I don't think that he really was. He was a little more direct in the way that he spoke, but he wasn't. And and maybe maybe other presidents were. They were a little more. They had a little more finesse. But the thing that people liked about Trump was that he was just saying it like it is, right? Like he was an authentic guy. He was BSing people, but it was not. It didn't seem like it was canned or written by a speechwriter, and that people related to that. He's honest where it matters. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna keep soldiers in Syria for the oil. We gotta keep the oil. We're doing really well. It's like, just, wow. Yeah, he just said, said we're gonna sell weapons to Saudi Arabia, and we're like, okay, all right. And then he would be like, my hair is real, and I'm the best, <laughs> and everyone loves me. And you're like, okay, Trump. It's like he he would he lies a lot. But the things he lies about, I don't care about. Yeah. It's like... How did, many people did, were at his inauguration? Yeah, exactly. How many people were there? Oh, the biggest, the biggest you've ever seen. It's like, we know it wasn't, but fine, whatever. Dude. Look, if Donald Trump is sitting there and he's like, he's in his room saying, oh, there's a million people here right now watching, watching me sign these peace agreements in the Middle East. I'm like, that's right. They're all watching and waiting for you to sign those peace agreements. Please sign them. Like, I don't care if Trump wants to lie about the size of inauguration or you know the women he's been with and all this weird, stupid, nonsense, cultural crap. I care that we got the Abraham Accords. I care that the economy was doing well. I care that he took tremendous efforts to try and bring peace to parts of the, the world, like in North Korea. And they attack him for it. And that one deeply offends me, and I love saying it. Trump crossed the demilita demilitarized zone into enemy territory with no security detail. Yeah. Nah, you can F off. Any, anybody who's like, Trump's pawning up to dictators, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, nice try, dude. That's not going to fly. Tr they, they, they could have captured the president right there on the spot and made demands. I mean, they wouldn't. Trump was right. He knew the move to be made, but it was a tremendous sign of good faith. Trump can tell me that his house is made of cheese and graham crackers and sugar and candy canes, and he can look me square in the eyes and lie. He can tell me that his toilet is made of solid gold, and I'll say whatever you say dude keep working on those peace agreements and i'm satisfied just be like are you sure it's solid isn't it just a no, I, no you're right you're absolutely right i think it's plated it's like zoolander <laughs> yeah. when when zoolander looks at the the you know the what is the institute for kids who can't read good or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and he's like <laughs> how are we going to teach them to read if they can't fit in the building and then mugatu is like he's absolutely right like that, I, i'm saying if trump wants me wants me to believe that he had the biggest inauguration or any other nonsense like that and he keeps saying it i'm just going to be like yes you are completely correct sir and that's all all of those people at your inauguration are cheering for you as you sign the abraham accords and try and bring peace to the middle east i was that's thinking what <laughs> the other night like who was the best president of my lifetime that comes up a lot on the show Trump. and i was like well in re there's two ways to answer the question one is with retrospect the other one is at that point in my life who was it thinking of like in this moment who is the best it was bill clinton because in the late 90s or in the early mid 90s, he was able to rally and like make the United States seem like the greatest country on earth 
for all of us. It felt it like felt like that. It felt like we ended the Cold War and it was finally we we solved war. It felt like it was really done. Mm -hmm. And then you find out later they're part of a military war machine and I don't know what happened in Bosnia and shit. Like he was Trump Trump's the best president of my life. <clears throat> and and he's and just so divisive. That's why I don't pick him. I, I disagree. I blame the corrupt uniparty establishment. Trump was a massive celebrity, loved by everybody. Barack Obama said the American dream was to be Trump, but Trump was an outsider who wanted to do things like bring back manufacturing, secure our borders, and the TPP. I, I got to tell you, when he crushed the TPP, that's probably one of the biggest moments where the knives came out. Yep. And then th they did everything in their power to make everybody hate Trump. And I'm like, everybody loved the guy. He was in Home Alone. I I'm going to say it again. Barack Obama said the American dream is to be Donald Trump. That was the idea before he decided to run for president, and they came after him. And even the people who, there, there are certain celebrities who are like, oh, I've been good friends with the Trump family. They're all very, very nice. But Trump's a fascist. And I'm like, oh, get, get out of here with that. Mm -hmm. Look, it is, not, it is not hard to say that Trump is the greatest president of my lifetime. Because who am I comparing him to? Bill Clinton? No, no please. You can't, George Bush was my least favorite. George, so, we, so in my lifetime, I've had H.W. Bush, Clinton, W. Bush, Obama, and Trump. And... Certainly, you can compliment some of these presidents for some things, but come on, H.W. Bush. Oh, please, dude. What do you say? We're beginning to see the makings of a new world order and all of that neocon garbage and Desert Storm and everything they tried to do. You get Bill Clinton. And don't get me wrong. There is some good economic stuff, but uh, there's a whole lot of stuff wrong with what Bill with, with, with Bill Clinton's presidency. And I have to say, for the most part, when it comes to those two presidents, in my lifetime, it was it was it was it, it, there, there was nothing in my life that they did that mattered. And so the most I can say is Bill Clinton's got all the scandals. I mean, you know, what Monica scandal. Lewinsky. Oh, my God. That was like the stupidest scandal of all. Time. Oh, no. I'm right. I'm saying in terms. Oh, my God. A in, famous man who had sex outside of marriage. Like, <laughs> wow, I'm shocked. But in terms of what mattered to me. H.W. Bush was bad with war. With, with Clinton, we certainly had a, a great degree of conflict. With George W. Bush, we got the worst of it in my lifetime with Iraq and Afghanistan, the expansion of conflict in the Middle East, uh, Barack Obama's extrajudicial assassinations of American citizens, and then we get Trump. And for everything I can't say about the Clinton years, because I was too little, mm -hmm. I can say no new wars, Abraham Accords, peace agreements in, in Europe, um, getting people to commit to paying their fair share with NATO, working on peace agreements with North Korea, Securing our borders, bringing back manufacturing. There's no question. It's just it really is an easy answer. I, it's, man, I, I don't I don't want to repeat myself too much, but the I, I believe the pre, one of the president's main jobs is to unify the states. You know, preside over the United States and keep them united. And if a president comes in and tells half the country that they're not part of the group, or Who said that, that? Uh, well. Maybe it's Clinton. a libertarian in me. Clinton I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't tell you which is my favorite president because I don't have one because all of them have done some terrible things. And I think they should pretty much all be kind of charged. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's, 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 yeah, there's I mean, there's like grounds. now, you know, Clinton was on Epstein's plane. Uh, oh, there's I mean, a lot about Clinton. Yeah, there, you know, like, so it's hard for me sitting here because it's like, yeah, Obama looked great when he was wearing his suits and bombing people, you know, across the world. Like, it's just, it's really hard. And also, the United States, if you look at it that way, where we need some some leader, would be the largest corporation on the planet. And I just can't imagine that anybody who's running for office, even Donald Trump, who's, I'm sure, a great business person, however, um, 
I just can't envision anybody being able to actually manage a corporation with 330 million people and trillions of dollars. So bureaucracy too. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I I I love the United States. I think this country is an amazing place, and I think it. We should go back to to that freedom that allowed us to be that amazing place. I do not believe that there is somebody in Washington writing down, you know, some magic scroll that'll somehow protect us or do something. You know, we just need our freedom. To get to that point, you mentioned like going back to what was good, but we're going to go forward to a new envisioning of what was good or what is good. How would you like define that? Yeah, I think we need a a new vision for it, but we should go back to the Constitution. I mean, I, I just don't think that we need this level of micromanagement. And I think with technology today, we could really achieve it without necessarily having this. I mean, what does your local government do? And I... I I ran for a local a seat in a local government government in Miami-Dade County. We have three million people and a ten point three billion dollar budget. That was billion with a B. That is larger than nations. That's larger than El Salvador that has, you know, same amount of people and a six billion dollar budget. What do those local people do? What exactly are they achieving for you? Do we have transportation in Miami-Dade County? We do not nothing worthwhile. I mean, it's terrible. Um, Do they run anything? Well, no, they don't. And so what are you getting for all of these taxes that you're giving up? What are we doing here? And I just, I'm sorry, I don't see it. I think that we really need to think this through. We've been giving up our freedoms more and more and more each day for what? I, I mean, are you getting your money's worth? Do you feel like you're getting is, I don't know. I don't know where the money's going. I, I sent oh, a check I can to tell the government, you. it disappears into the ether. I can tell you on the local level, <clears throat> Miami-Dade County, we pay for all sorts of things that you would, you would probably just be... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, flabbergasted if you looked at our budget. Like what? what? Oh, okay. So, for example, I don't know what the budget is right now for, you know, the homeless. And I think that's something that everybody, you know, I want people to have a home. I want people to be well. I don't want them to be out on the streets and living horrible lives. So our budget is over $45 million a year. Do the number of homeless ever change? No. Do we still have homeless? Yes. That's a cultural problem. Absolutely. And yeah, I don't think solve that with money. we can't solve it with money. I think there's people that do not want to live in this society. And I don't think you're going to just throw money at it and solve that problem. So <sighs> the number of homeless we have, I think, generally is around 3000. And so when you divide the amount of money we have, you know, by the people that are unhoused, uh, um, you come up with some crazy number. You could afford apartments I, for these people. Like, what are we doing with that money? And administrators. Yeah, but you maintain you, their jobs. Bureaucracy. Keep making money people who are year. homeless aren't homeless because they can't afford houses. Mm-hmm. Then why and, are we paying for $45 million out of Miami-Dade County people who pay their taxes? Why do? Why is somebody losing their home? Because that's what happens. If you can't afford to pay your property taxes, you will lose your home. The government will take away your home and put it on the auction and sell it. That is one of the most offensive things that I can think of. Like property taxes, disgusting. Once you own a piece of property, you buy it, you shouldn't have to rent it from the government. 
Like that is and insane. it's obscene amounts of money, obscene amounts of money. And so, you know, you're paying this money every single year. You can't opt out of it. You can't say, you know what? I'm not using any of your systems. I don't use public transportation. You know, I'm not homeless. Like, how can I how can I opt out? I can't. So if I can't afford to, to maintain my house, the government will take it from me. And um, so I'm paying for, you know, all these services. And it's just wrong. So you, you, people will pay for homeless people through taxes, and then they, if they can't afford their own home, they will the government homeless. will take their home away from them because they, they spent their house money on other people's Absolutely. homelessness. That's why I decided to run in the first place. I lived in my grandfather's house when I couldn't afford, you know, when I, I had a child at 21, and I couldn't afford to live, you know, like, and I moved in with my grandfather, and he was like, hey, can you take care of the bills, and, you know, you can live here for, for free. And I realized property taxes, my grandfather couldn't pay for it. He would have been out on the street. And that's generally who is affected the most. It's the elderly. It is people who have some type of disability. It is somebody who's going through hard times, medical, you know, medical difficulties. They lose their homes because they couldn't pay for all the wish list that the government, those people who you elect, you know, that sit there and are just like, you know, they don't take public transportation. They don't, they, they, they have security provided by government, provided by the police. They have all these things. And they make these decisions for you. And if you don't comply, you will lose your home. Michael Schellenberger. One, one potential solution would be to, uh, we could install lights in the palms of everyone's hands. And as they get closer to turning 30, the light begins to turn red. And then when they turn 30, it flashes red, where we then take them and excise them from society. <laughs> wow. That's, that, that's how we can handle uh, uh, in the future. Of course, we may have to deal with people who try to flee and don't want to uh, undergo, uh, what was it called? I got the darkest. It's joke. Logan's Run, but what? what? They, 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 it's from the movie Logan's Run. They called it something though. Like I forgot what it's called. I don't remember. All the yeah, like when you are... turn thirty, they called it something. Oh. And, like the light on your hand flashes, and then you, like they kill you. I mm -hmm. think it's boy. Well, if that was the case, I'm sorry, guys. Bye. I mean, everybody in this room. I feel the right. The oh, I'm well. Over. I'm well over thirty. <laughs> Been there, done. Yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> homelessness the crisis. The homelessness crisis is insane. The way that it's been handled and, and talked about is very insane. Um, Michael Schellenberger works out of Ca California, and he he really exposed carousel. Uh, is that what it was? The called? carousel. Yeah, they called it the, carousel. I think it was? it was Schellenberger that exposed the basically the the homelessness in the homeless industry industrial complex it's an industry absolutely and they they receive money every year to fix it but instead of actually getting homeless people homes they just pay the administrators the bureaucracy to maintain the status quo you still mm -hmm. have the same people are mm -hmm. still homeless and they keep making every you year the kicker to, to so i'm sorry i'm talking about miami-dade it's what i know so pardon me if, you know but um in miami-dade county the person who runs the homeless trust which is who has all this money is ron book who is the largest um what would this be lobbyist for government so i mean that's i guess his reward is he gets to run this thing and you know he's been doing it for i want to say about 20 years it, you said that there's the same amount of homeless people every year are they yeah. new people like are the people getting off the street and the new people are arriving or is it just tough to tell tough to you look at a number it's three thousand but i mean everybody so where i live there's not a whole lot of homeless because they generally live in downtown where you know they have more access to bathrooms and whatnot um, so it's hard to tell, but we generally, you kind of know who, you know, the homeless guy is. Everybody knows the guy on the corner, like, you know, and he's always there and they come around and they sweep every now and then and remove him and, you know, throw out all his stuff, his few possessions. And it's so sad. They, it's, they, it's the saddest thing. Do they honestly, hit him with fire hoses in the morning. No, I, not in Miami, San Francisco. No, there's we're not like, that cruel. We're not there yet. It, you know, give it a few. Four a.m. They just come in, and there's video of it. It's tiff. It's it's god awful, honestly. Were you gonna say something, Phil? 
Doesn't look like you're about to jump on an idea. Uh, not particularly, no. I do want to talk about this story, though. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to be Donald Trump, nor will it be Joe Biden. The man who will save this world is Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious. That's kind of the joke, but I'm, I'm also only half joking. Online Aside from Elon challenging the narrative machine of the ADL, calling out corrupt politicians, securing, not perfectly, but helping people bring back free expression on social media. Elon Musk, it is being reported now, averted World War III and may have saved the planet from nuclear annihilation. The probability of that being the circumstance is probably very, very low, but it just sounds fun. So I want to say it. The story is actually really simple. We have this from The Washington Post. Elon Musk cut Internet to Ukraine's military as it was attacking Russian fleet. So the first story that comes out is that while this major counteroffensive was underway, Elon Musk shuts down Starlink, cutting their communications, stopping the offensive. Elon Musk responded saying there was an emergency request from government authorities to activate Starlink all the way to Sevastopol. The obvious intent being to sink most of the Russian fleet at anchor. If I had agreed to their request, then SpaceX would be explicitly complicit in a major act of war and conflict escalation. I wonder if, uh, wrong, 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 wrong article, if Ukraine sank Russia's Black Sea fleet using SpaceX, using U.S. weapons and intelligence, would Russia have dramatically escalated the conflict at the time? There is a possibility it may have been the case. I don't know for sure, but Elon Musk refused to provide Starlink to be used by the Ukrainians in this counteroffensive. Do you he know, may have single-handedly stopped a major escalation, which could have led to World War III. Do you know what uh, the size of the fleet was and the makeup of the fleet in Sevastopol at the time? No, we do know that... Um, U.S. provided intelligence to Ukraine to sink their flagship. So I don't that know. That actually happened. That happened yeah. in the Black Sea in the right. water. Yep. Ukraine used U.S. weapons and intelligence. And I, I, I think it's even unfair to say the U.S. sank the flagship of Russia's Black Sea fleet. And, and Ukraine was intending to do more damage. And Elon Musk said, I'm not going to assist you with this. Could you imagine if he did? That's crazy. He was pretty open in the early days that he didn't want to be involved with the war. And I think he was going to give them, he was going to send Starlink to Ukraine. And then they, they said no, because they wouldn't do it under his terms or something. And then he was like, okay, then. And they're like, actually, we need it. So then he, and then he sent it over there. It was a long time ago. Yeah. He's trying to protect Earth until the, we can get off of it and go to Mars. The, you know, the men who built America were not politicians. They were yeah. businessmen. Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm curious. I mean, in terms of the uniparty establishment machine, man, Elon Musk is running afoul. But yep. it shows the, the decay of the uniparty power in that Elon Musk openly defies them, does not allow them to uh, wage war using his infrastructure. This is unprecedented. If you look at Twitter before Elon, they gleefully gave the government anything they wanted. It kind of, I'm, 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 got, I'm, I'm optimistic, man. He's making me into a bigger fan. Social but I'm, media I'm just, part I'm of look, the CIA. I'm, I'm looking at a restoration of true American values of decentralization of power. And for the longest time, we had an authoritarian uniparty that did whatever it wanted, regardless of the Constitution. Now, you look at all of their devices, you look at the activist base, you look at the narrative machine, and they're failing across the board. People tweeting about how the ADL no longer has any power. They say, oh, all these people who are criticizing us are white supremacists, and everyone laughs. 
No one cares anymore. They they are they are they are they have been defanged. It's kind of like the uniparty. When two uniparties go at it, it be, creates uh, an opportunity for a revolution. That's two, what happened with two uniparties. Yeah, you don't need a revolution. Revolution's what, a bad word. What happened with the American <clears throat> founding fathers is that there was a uniparty of of the Brits and there was the uniparty of the French. No, that is completely. And they different. went at each other, and the result was. A liberation. They were they were totally different countries, though. Yeah, they, but they, were, yeah. they were like two they were separate. Not, like they were monarch. You, you, they were monarch. They were literal uniparties. And now we have the American uniparty, the liberal economic order, and the, the Chinese Rus liberal, like or not liberal, but it's I see, a uniparty. I see what you're saying, but I, I, and they're I clashing think, in Ukraine. So now there's an opportunity for like businessmen to step in and create something new. I, I, I see what you what you are saying, like the, author, the the unilateral rule of the of the United States clashing with other authoritarians, but. Russia may be aligned with China and BRICS and everything, but when you get to the global scale, it's not a uniparty. There, there's greater conflict between nations. I, su I suppose the CCP's uniparty and the Un British... Uniparty refers to, in the United States, the Democrats and Republicans that are secretly aligned and pretend to be opposed to each yeah, other. Yeah, well, the Chinese Communist Party is literally a uniparty that runs that right. country. Right, but the, the United States and China are not aligned, so it's not a, a global uniparty. It's no, no, it's two uniparties going at each other. So that's why I think it's an opportunity for, for the private sector to be like, while you guys quabble, quibble, we're going to create something functional. And you see Elon doing it in real time. Maybe we should call it in the United States the former uniparty because they've lost too much power at this point. You know, look, I, I know that they're arresting and charging people and all that stuff, but they're really failing at it every step of the way. Their, their, their ability to influence is weakening yeah, drastically I just every watched week. uh, Midi Hassan uh, interview um, Vivek Ramaswamy, and there's lag. It's MSNBC 2023, and they still have lag in their video conference. Well, like, it's always been the case. Yo, bro, it has. Like, I use Zoom. There's no lag. I use Skype. There's no lag. What the hell infrastructure is this archaic dinosaur of a, of a media m monolith? using that there's still freaking lag and they can't have a sometimes they can't even figure out stereo and mono like do you I guys hear it in one ear and like do you guys remember when cnn did the satellite interview from the same parking lot yeah <laughs> two people in the same parking lot and they did a satellite interview as if there were different so, places so the reason i brought up lag and msnbc is because i think that's just evidence of what you're saying that the, the uniparty function is crumbling they're just so behind the times oh the ratings are in the gutter their influence is down is is, is almost gone uh the fact that elon bought Twitter and turned it into X is a huge example of this. They were using Twitter as a weapon to spy on people, to control and to influence. And now they've lost it. It's remarkable how much they keep losing, which is why they're getting desperate and trying to remove Trump from the ballot and have him and have him arrested because they know they're losing. I'd like for the American government to win. I don't know if there's just one government. Oh, no. I'd like for the American like people for, to win. Me too. Yeah. I'm on that team. You know what? I will say that they're that we're winning. The American people are winning when Assange is freed. When we have Edward Snowden back in the U.S. without fear of him going to jail for a long time, when people like Ross Ulbricht are free, like I, 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 I hear what you're saying, and I want to believe it, but we're not there quite yet. We just sent a man to, we just sentenced a man to 22 years in prison, to Enrique Tarrio, which I don't agree with him, you know, necessarily, but. What did he do? He wasn't even in the Capitol building. Like, what are we doing here? Agreement is entirely irrelevant. I'm right. not, I'm not trying to like it, the, to even discuss whether or not you agree actually blunts the point. It doesn't matter. About it agreement. does not matter. However, Internet people will then be like, oh, my God, you're a fan. I mean, I, I was already called, you know, in, during my campaign, I took a picture with somebody and they were like, rebel in their contempt. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome well, <laughs> their contempt. I, I Work do. For it. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, 
I don't support the Proud Boys. However, th- you know what they've done to this guy is horrible. Yep. Absolutely horrible. And if they can do it to him, they can do it to you. And that's the problem. If they're going to come after people, it's going to be people like us in this room. It's going to be people who are speaking out and saying things. And if they can put Enrique Tarrio, who three, I don't know, five years ago, I didn't even know who the guy was. And all of a sudden, he's he deserves 22 years in prison. I don't know. What did well, he text people it, it, to stay? Is that what it was? He texted people no, to no. go do something? If I text no, no, you no, no. to go do something, so like, are you going to do it? The defense said that he wasn't in contact with anyone that day. And apparently the prosecution and the media is reporting that he said, don't leave. But we, I don't know the context to what he said, don't leave. Was it the day before they were like, hey, we're in D.C., which we do? He's like, well, don't leave. And now they're making it seem like he was saying stay in the Capitol. Mm. The defense said he didn't contact them at any point. Uh, I will say. If it comes to the point where they begin going beyond the scope of, you know, Owen Schroyer, who was on the ground, and they're saying his speech warrants a prison sentence. He was on the ground, and that's their pretext for the arrest. If they escalate to the point where they're coming after pundits, I would argue that out of anyone in this room, Ian's the first person they'd target. <laughs> Man, uh, you know why? Because I got long hair, bro, and I'm a wizard. This, this happened with uh, uh, when I was with Luke Rutkowski in Chicago, and the police planted, uh, we believe they planted drugs in the apartment we're staying at. They target people who are less likely to be able to muster up legal defense funds. Mm. So if they wanted to disrupt a show like this and make claims about rhetoric or inflammatory things, uh, would they go after me? Well, that's probably a bad idea. It would create a huge PR uh, press storm. It would create a huge backlash we generate tons of money and it would create a huge legal fight. Would they go after F- Phil Labonte, multi-platinum recording artist? I mean, that could create a huge wave across the, the entertainment industry. Ian, on the other hand, you are, you, have the, 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 you are the least likely out of anyone here to be able to muster up a strong legal defense. Granted, we would defend you. What I'm saying is, I don't think anyone's going to come and try and arrest you. I'm saying the target of who they go after is who can we get easily. Enrique Tario, the Proud Boys, most people don't know who he is. They're not going to look. Yep. They they're 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 waiting to go after Trump until they can build everything up on the ground because they know a direct move against Trump is it, it makes him millions of dollars. It strengthens him. Look it at builds the, his base. Look it's at the mugshot. Yeah. The it's mug literally shot. happening. I, I've never been a Trump supporter. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm going for the political prisoner. Like, that's it. So, Who else? Right. So Vivek Ramaswamy. Yes, but, I but do first, like Vivek you, also. However, is he going to be the nominee? But you, you look at January 6th. And they go after people you've never heard of that don't make the press and you don't even know are in jail. And these people, try as they might, can't get the word out. There's too many of them. This is what they do one at a time. Then they announce two and a half years later that Owen Schroyer will be criminally charged. They're, they're, they're starting from the bottom and moving upwards. It, it, it's very much like um, that story I talk, we talk about eBay. You know, when eBay was started, it was yellow and they wanted to change the background to white, but everyone got mad. So they did it one step at a time over the course of a year. They don't want to come out immediately right after January 6th and say, Donald Trump, you're under arrest. It would create chaos. They got to go for the easier, low hanging fruit, which is lower income people who are confused. And then what do they do? They go to this, you know, 37 year old woman who was walking around the Capitol waving a flag when everyone in the building. And they say, you're going to go to prison for eight years for for a felony charge. For terrorism, or you're going to write a letter saying Trump made you do it, and then we're going to say you can go home right now. Time served. And they, they they've they all, how many people have taken this deal? How is it that any different to our regular justice system? I well, mean, no, but, but but this is my point. My point is, they if if they go head to head with Trump, 
Trump rallies his base. Sure. If they weaken his base by getting his supporters to write letters saying Trump did this and ordered me to do it and then use it for propaganda, knowing these people, no one will ever hear their names. Also, they're think not going to be in the news. They won't raise money. It's also laid that base. Now that you've heard that all these people have been charged, if you're a layperson, you know, you go to work every day, you, you got the kids, you got stuff going on, you're not really paying attention. You have no idea what these people have been charged with. You hear, I don't know how many people have been arrested. Now, all of a sudden, it's like an actual thing. It's like, well, all those people were arrested. Of course, they had to have done something terrible. Yep. So it adds to that level of, yeah, they, they did something. They get and enough of course, you got to go for Trump because he's the orchestrator well, of all they, these people. They get enough people to sign letters saying Trump ordered me to do it. Then they say, we have sworn witness testimony from 372 people saying Trump instructed them to do it. Under duress, of course. But is that Doesn't mentioned matter. in the argument? That it's, 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 it's part of the strategy. So ultimately, my point is... If they start going after personalities, Owen Schroyer, I think, proves this point. One, they have a pretext. He was on the Capitol grounds. Shouldn't have done it. Did you go to prison for three months? That's ridiculous. But they're using his speech. The speech is opening the door to targeting other personalities who are online. The next person we'll likely see charged is going to be someone who maybe has 100, 200,000 followers, subscribers, and they're going to say they advocated for, incited, and instructed people to commit a crime. I'm going to tell you right now, there were people on Twitter, on YouTube, and other social platforms before January 6th who posted videos advocating for people to engage in direct conflict. In, in Really? DC. Like violent conflict? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, th- and there's no question about it. I think these people, some of whom have instantly flipped and become total DeSantis supporters, probably flipped because they know, uh-oh, they're, they're next in line. After the J6ers are on the ground, they're going to come out and say, you committed an act of sedition by making these videos advocating for insurrection against the United States government. You know, it's worth noting, too, like for the entire time that Antifa was rioting and stuff, they were had, they had signs that said that they wanted revolution, that they wanted to tear down the government. They want, you know, that no, uh, no, what is it? No, no wall, no border, no USA at all or whatever it was. They literally want to see the United States be, you know, dissolved and stuff like that. And it was completely acceptable. They did this stuff while they were firebombing a, a government building. They were they, they were saying these kind of things while they were attacking the the uh, White House on whatever that uh, was it May 29th or something like that mm-hmm. was the uh, the when they had to move Trump to the uh, bungalow under the uh, under the White House. But either way, the point is these these kind of threats and stuff like that. These things have have been going on for a long time and it's not new the only reason that they're going after the people that were at january 6th is because they have the wrong politics they are the wrong people it's acceptable to be anti-government if you're anti-government for the left there are people that have bombed congress that bill clinton pardoned you know like i forget the the woman's name she was a a communist yep um but they literally set off a bomb in in, democrat capital the democrat in georgia will not be involved in the criminal, the, the, the DA will not be involved in the criminal prosecution of the Antifa terrorists who were firebombing the, the, the police HQ, burning down homes, pulling vehicles and shooting at cops. The so Democrats are bowing out and saying, we won't, we won't charge them. They're literally saying that you don't matter, that what matters here is that institution. I mean, if government is more important than the people, then that's a statement. I think they're outright saying that if you do these things, we're on your side. Yeah, because I mean... I know that there's people that don't believe it, but there are actual communists in Congress 
people that are the squad are all DSA members, or at least they they caucus with the DSA. They caucus with communists. There there is no significant light between AOC and any of the uh, any of the DSA members that are actual members of the DSA. There's no significant difference in their policy decisions or what they what they're looking for. I don't know enough about the differentials yeah. but co- socialists are different than communists i would imagine that they don't want communism, state controlled the goal of socialism land. is communism mm-hmm. vladimir lenin the goal Correct. of social you know socialism. you know what communism is like you guys ever see from dusk till dawn like being yes lenin? yeah yeah you know when um uh, it's cheech i think he's outside and he's talking about all the beautiful women yeah. that are inside and all the different kinds of <laughs> women's parts that are available and then they're like, we got to go inside there. But then when they walk in, it's a bunch of vampires who are trying to kill them. That's communism. Mm-hmm. Outside, mm-hmm. they're like, dude, if you come in here, we got pizza. We got video games. We got fast cars. Everybody gets to have anything you want. What do you want, Ian? You want open source code? We got open source, code. open source codes. We got five yeah, open source codes. Phil, we got a big stage for you to play. Yeah. You're going to get everything you've ever wanted. You walk in the door, they lock it behind you, and then they go, and now we're going to kill you. You know what? I don't believe Vladimir Lenin when he said that, that socialism's the road to communism. I feel like he twisted socialism for his own gain. Kind of like saying, liberalism is the road to fascism oh, he did boy. not <laughs> he did not he meant it that's what that was, he thought he used it he at, believed it he killed a bunch it, of people it, it, I gotta show in here with it was Phil his road is, that's it, it was his said. road to, the to one communism who's like you know family history here and uh personal history um they never promise you communism when you look at Cuba, you look at Venezuela there there was never a point where they're like you know what I am a communist they always go for the no, it's just a little bit of socialism. Everything's going to be great. We're all going to share. Everything's going to be fantastic. You want health care? I got your health care. You want this? You want a home? I've got you. They promised this, this land. It's exactly like Tim just said. It is that promise. So I guess socialized services is different than socialism. So, yes. And we should debate what systems should be socialized. So there's, 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 there's things that conservatives argue so that way... Or in 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 order to prevent a you know a policy or whatever, but a lot of the social services that we that myself as uh, you know personally I'm kind of against the stuff, but they were made with the intent to diffuse the desire for the United States to become a more socialist country. So in the progressive era, like the first half of the 20th century. Uh, fascism and socialism were all the rage right state the state was in charge the government could do things and we because we were now industrial countries and stuff we could you know the state itself could do all kinds of massive projects etc etc and everybody was buying it um so the 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 I don't know why I just slipped that out of my head what we were talking about. What were you saying before? Communism. Communism. <laughs> yeah. But the, the point is like... You say they were using socialist tactics to diffuse yeah, to, the desire for socialism. Yeah, because the, the, the world kind of was on fire for fascism and communism because and socialism. Because before the end of World War II, fascism didn't have the same kind of uh, dirty dirty connotations that it does. Neither did communism, to be fair. Um, and these were new ideas. They were innovations that people were all excited about because we could, you know, we could we could remake man and remake the world because we had all this power because of the industrial Radio, revolution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and the thing is, all those policies actually, there's an argument that those policies actually prevented the United States from falling into an actual socialist uh, situation because the, the government 
stepped in and said, well, we'll use social programs, but we're going to keep, you know, the things that are that keep us free. So I, I'm not sure if I think it was, you know, the best option, but that is an argument that I you guys uh, you guys know there's a statue of Lenin with the Lucky Land Slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Seattle. Whoa. Whoa. I did one. not know. Still standing. Makes sense. They'll pull down Hans Christian Hegg, who fought to end slavery. They'll tear down the Founding Fathers, but pr- uh, not him. The problem with Lenin is he looked so cool, dude. <laughs> Bald, just a shadow goatee, just angular. It's kind of like the problem with socialism in general. It yeah, it looks really great. Cool. Like, Lenin is yeah. so, what a unique looking dude. They've right. modeled video game character. I mean, I think that the reason I think he looks cool is because I've seen video characters modeled 16 after 16 foot tall statue of Lenin in Seattle. What a 16 guy. 16 foot. Yeah. Well, they, they even had to exaggerate that. Was he Jeez. like, it's not really 16 in Fremont. <laughs> I lived in Fremont briefly. I don't even know if we should so we start would, uh, down we the would, Lenin we road would see right that one. No, he killed, no, we shouldn't. We definitely shouldn't. Lenin is like Marxism. Leninism is the idea that has like led to all sorts of killing. So Lenin's perspective was socialism. Like, Lenin was like Marx is wrong. Socialism will not just happen. Right. The idea was you had feudalism, then you had capitalism, and then once capitalism made enough product and stuff then right. you would have socialism and it would just happen right and then after social once you had socialism then the people would start realizing that socialism works and then that the government itself is redundant because people are doing the things that need to be done not the government and then no was that sorry yeah apparently it's for sale what and is? the statue i'll get it and uh Should in 1996 it. they wanted one hundred fifty thousand dollars for it right which are the equivalent today would be two hundred eighty thousand dollars for it what say uh, we buy it and then destroy it? I so badly oh. want to do this. I love this. I want to leave it. I mean, it's a historical no. artifact. Just stick it somewhere. That is a fair point. I'm not buying. I'll pee on it. I'll pee. Yeah, Come on, let me pee, pee on, on, it. on it. I'm into that. I think you need Dude, to do more than just pee. Can, you know what I would love you to do? You should paint it. Make it look like him in real life or something. <laughs> no, put like a clown face on yeah, it. Yeah, be crazy. Oh. Buy oh my it. God, you should different put it in wigs the front of the and property. stuff on them. Buy great. it and half bury it at Freedomistan. Oh, it's just heads sticking out. <laughs> but charge people money to defile it. You can walk yeah. by and smack it with a with a shoe for a buck. Chicken eggs at it. We could put it in shooting range and you could pay money. Dude, you should hold on to it. Like any good statue. Do you think they'd sell it? to me if i told them like my intention is to bring it to a shooting range we should stop talking about this right now (laughs) after show only we just want to repaint it like the statue of liberty i got a question for you guys about the president do you think because i was thinking last night uh, man a lot of the people that watch this show enjoy donald trump so i don't want to be too much of a dig on him but last night i was like i feel like voting for trump right now is like the lazy man's vote it's just like go in there and just do it uh, i don't even know but like vivek is the intellectual it's the challenging route because he actually has a plan you have to think about it and actually learn things to understand how to manipulate our government properly vivek was talking about the uh, stuff with uh, infowars and stuff like that so another another good thing about vivek is he's talking about these you know these kind of things that other politicians don't seem to, to be talking sorry to cut super you off, complicated stuff yeah. too like it takes hours to listen to it and then you might have a piece of it but like that's the challenge i want to throw out there that vivek also said that he would pardon ross day one ross albrecht ross albrecht silk road 
Um, you know, and I think that that is for me, that's that's a number one reason to vote for him. I, I do like what he's doing. I do like that he's going to these shows and, and being real. Which politician in America is real? You know, and I think it, Vivek is. He's he's coming to all these shows and, and you know, doing the work. Um, it's real easy to get a quick soundbite and just, you know, something that your manager gave you and like, blah, blah, blah. I think everybody should have this. And then he's actually there explaining things. He's also... Uh, talking about cutting, you know, lots of government agencies, and I love that part. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Should we should we launch a give send go for the purpose of purchasing the Lenin statue? Recover re- for recovering the statue. We must recover it from the capitalist oppressors that have colonized <laughs> his likeness. They're selling it for yes. money is really hilarious. That by the way, it. it's like we made it and we're going to sell it to you for a lot of money. I mean, six figures. This is no joke. You could buy a house for that money. I don't know. I, I mean, that's a you. lot of money for a big pile of. But I'm, I, I got to tell you, Rock and I, I'm, hear me out. I'm fairly confident that if I bought this and then brought it to a big piece of rural land and said, for $5, you can defile it in any way you want. Take my money. Oh, I'd make so much money. Take my money. All of it. Just let you, me, let me, please. We, we would, we would, we would this have This one's like, for me. And uh, this one's for my dad. And this be, one's for, yeah. There would be Floridian pilgrimages. Of people being like, why don't we, we just put it in Florida? <laughs> let's put it in the capital of Latin America, Miami, and let's just you know let the people that have had to flee their countries in recent times take care of it for you. I, I like take that. care Ooh. of it. If it was like a take bald, care of it. if it was the bald statue of Lenin, I'd be into it. But he's got a hat on, and I, I, would, I don't know about respect for bald guys that it, wear hats. It, it, we you can get no, rid no. of that hat. <laughs> There's um, what what is the nonprofit? The victims of uh, communism. Victims of communism. It would be cool to like buy it and donate it to them and say like, yes. do with it what you will. I love yes. this. Make it special. Well, I think you should definitely do it. Give send go and see if people will donate to do it. And, Get people and, to you know. If I were to do a give send go, it would be like there. It, it would have to be to give it to the victims of communism yeah. memorial or yep. whatever. So I would. I like. In fact, I would reach out to a. How about you use it to stop current communism? Oh. Or at least educate people well, on the current communism because communism isn't over. But we've I'm, got an island ninety miles from our shores that is full on communist. It's adapting to to the monetary well, system. What, what, what too. I'm saying like, is Chinese communism isn't real. It's not I, communism. I, 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 I would, communism is real communism. What I'm saying is I would not crowdfund to buy this to personally own. If we do a crowdfund, it's so that an anti communist organization can can get ownership of it. Like I'm saying, like. I don't like the idea we do a give, send, go. Everyone gives money, which effectively gives me. Yeah. The, I don't want the statue. Like, if I was going to buy the statue on my own, I'd buy it on my own, and I'd charge admission for people to defile it, because that's hilarious. Turning him into a, a capitalist spectacle for capitalists to make money off of is just, mm, oh, it's icing on the cake. I love it. <laughs> so it's a possibility. Um, the first question is, will they, will they actually sell it to someone they know is going to defile it? Uh, but I think they legitimately would sell it to the victims of communism or some nonprofit. But it's also a question too: Would would like a, a nonprofit like the Victims of Communism want to be involved in something so crude? Would that be besmirching the memory of those who are who are killed by these monsters? No, yeah. this was created in the in Czechoslovakia during the the Soviet Union's reign in 88, 1988. Mm. and then after uh, the dissolution of the USSR, it was brought to America in nineteen ninety three. So I don't think this is has anything to do with people that loved communism. This is people that fled the Soviet Union who or made least, it. Uh, it was made by a Bulgarian-born Slovak sculptor named Emil Venkov. I don't know what his communist ties were. I'm just, you know, it would be hilarious to see what Antifa would do if we're like, it's ours now. <laughs> They'd be very confused. Uh, it's made of bronze. Maybe we could polish it. I think I have to buy it. Dude, 
It's giant. Think, I, what what am I alive here. for if not to buy the Statue of Lenin? I love this. So that, yeah, so that we can topple it, have Phil Labonte stand on top of it. <laughs> he on it. He's got like a thing behind him you can sit on. Maybe you can set up a drum kit yeah, no, back there or something. I, I really, I'm going to pursue this because you just think, like, um, I look at the great works. I, I look at the, 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 you know, I play Civilization, right? And in Civilization, every so often you get great figures. So it's like, you'll get a little dude and he'll be called like musician and then you can place him somewhere and he makes culture. But every so often you'll get like, it, 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 you'll, you, like Beethoven appears and he's a guy you can go and then create a great work and the great work creates cultural influence. And I think about where are we today? Where's all of the significant, cult, significant cultural stuff that matters to people of this generation? I saw a meme and it's a, it's, a, it's a bunch of cassette tapes and it said all of these uh, albums came out within like four months of oh, each yeah, other. Oh yeah, 1991. Yeah, everything awesome. Right. Use Your Pearl Illusion Jam, 1 and 2. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, uh, uh, Nevermind. It's like some type of pilot. Bad, mo bad Motor Finger, Soundgarden. All, yeah, Soundgarden. That was a good year, dude. It's crazy. And so I'm thinking today, what, what have we done this year? What has anyone done where it's like, we're going to remember that crazy thing? Oliver Anthony, I'll say. For sure. For, I'm, not, I'm not saying nothing's been oh, done. Yeah. I'm just saying like, Think about the things that we, we should create to create that memory and that cultural uh, waypoint, as it were. So I kind of feel like, you know, Phil Labonte standing on the, the ruin of a shattered Lenin statue singing in mockery of communism Ooh, is, sure? one, is one of those things to be done. Light it from underneath. That's going to look wild. Oh, yeah, put some lights underneath the thing. Like free with like a ladder on the back or steps on the back so you can climb up onto it really easy. Tim cast anti-commie right shirt. Shoulders. You know, like I, I don't like the destruction of statues, Confederate or otherwise. And part of like the burning of the Library of Alexandria is is a horror story to me. Like, you know, if if, if someone's like, you want to hear a horror story, you tell me about ghosts and demons. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But you tell me about the burning of the Library of Alexandria, and I'm like, ah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm hiding. Like, no, the knowledge. Yeah. So you know, destroying the statue for no reason, just like toppling it, is stupid. But doing something cultural and artistic with it is important. You know, one of the things I like about that civilization reference, you're talking about great people when your, your society produces a great person, Beethoven, Steve Jobs, whoever. When you get multiple great people all produced at the same time in history, they can come together to create a golden age. And that's what's happened with the Internet. We're in a golden age. We're in a time of immense crisis, but we're in a golden age while we're suffering the crisis. So it's that much easier. We've got to use it while we have it because it's, you know, maybe, every age comes to an end. Maybe we write a song and then we can use it in the music video. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, like, can we create it. an artistic work that represents, you know, we, 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 we deride and explain how bad communism is. And there's a, there's a message that I think people often say that doesn't get enough attention. It doesn't permeate enough. And it's that the communists were infinitely worse, or I shouldn't say infinitely, but were substantially worse in many ways than the Nazis. Mm -hmm. The Nazis committed probably one of the most like evil atrocities, but the communists had this long drawn out 70 years or longer, a hundred years, even still to this day with what China has done to the Uyghur Muslims. It's just this endless history of hundreds of millions of dead. The Holodomor happened before the Holocaust, right? And these things are horrifying and evil. The, so so at, at least saying like guys we get it we we hate nazis but can we also add communism into the list I don't understand how we people? don't have communism I mean how I don't know depending on whatever number you want to use for how many how many people perished under nazism but communism that number is so much more uh maybe 200 million people I mean it's just so big Oh oh my, oh my god Dylan Butter says buy the statue put a chicken bridge over it Yeah and play Lennon getting crapped on live. Oh, yeah. That's a really good <laughs> Love idea. Love it. 
just him like half out of the ground dude, and chickens Dude, the Lenin statue in Chicken chickens. City would be the best <laughs> thing yes. ever. Poor chickens just having to deal with this thing. No, the chickens would, they, they, we would They'd put the perch, perch right on it, it yeah. where they sleep and I they just it. crap in their sleep and it plops right <laughs> onto Lenin. A Lenin statue in Chicken City. <laughs> Love it. Oh, perfect. I'll take I'll I'll take a look at it. To be completely honest, I mean it's not like I just have three hundred grand to buy a statue of Lenin with. Because <laughs> you got to ship it too. It's right, massive. And, and, and shipping that's going to be hefty. How much is this? How much that's going to be a serious cost to ship. You get a you get a bunch of people to do a road trip. You go pick it up. And put that's it why that, that, that's why I'm like I really do think we could muster up a crowdfund between. It's not just about like what this show can do, but if, mm -hmm. if I reached out to a bunch of other personalities and said, guys, let's promote this. And get a nonprofit to buy the statue and then do something critical of communism with it, we'd raise that money overnight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I love that idea. I think that there is communism still today. And a lot of people just don't know, don't know what it is, don't know how miserable it is, don't understand the crisis. Um, again, going back to Miami, over a million people who have fled communist regimes live in Miami today. And so, um, yeah, if you, you got to live it or talk to people who've lived it or do something like this, buy a statue and make sure people know what's going on. Is the reason it fails and just always has failed is because it sounds great. Everyone's going to get enough. And then it gets to the point where you have so many people. We, we don't have enough resources no. now. Everyone no. can't it, have no. enough. It fails because human beings are not geared to be socialist. Well, in, a, in small groups, we are like that, in a that, family but, unit. But that, that's, sure. But that's, but that's fine. your desire to give to your children, to give to your wife, to give to the people that you love. Now, what desire do you have? If I tell you, hey, I really need some money and I just I want it because I want it. What drives you to go make that money for me? If you were my neighbor and you were like, I want some money because I'm going to plant some corn, it, I could see me. like... But, but Ian, you're talking about the... when when So you're talking about a concept that is a, has to be a, a, at least national, right? So you're talking about millions of people. And things work differently at different resolutions, right? Yeah. So so the way that... The way that uh, um, like a family works, there's only four, five, you know, six, whatever, ten in your immediate family. Communism's fine for that, you know, because the people that you're supporting need you to take care of them. Children can't go out and, and support themselves and take care of themselves. That works. But once you get to like your neighborhood, you can't have a communist neighborhood. You can might have some kind of so, you can have social programs or social get togethers and, and your neighbors can help each other. But it can't be just like, hey, Joe makes 100 grand and Bill makes 30. So we're going to take, you know, Joe's money and give some of it to Bill and stuff. And that's the way that it ends up working out. That ends up creating animosity. It ends up making mistrust. It ends up making people not feel like working. There's this idea right. called the tragedy of the commons. Right. So if no one owns something, no one takes care of it because they don't feel like they're responsible for it. That's one of the the things that property does right if you own something then you feel like it is a part of you on some level and it gives you the desire to take care of it to make it better to to build on it if you don't have to take care of it what happens? Everybody pisses on the seat because so, you don't have to clean the toilet public toilets are always a mess because no one takes care of them like I was thinking, then does it break down in a, in a little society because communism doesn't work at, after 60 people or something because there's someone in charge? It doesn't work after one. Right, and there's always after somebody in charge because like, when you remove the incentive to do anything because everyone's getting the same thing, then it becomes about forcing people to do something and then people are appointed to force other people to do stuff and then yeah. before long it just... 
Like I mean, just think about it. If you like what get what incentivizes you to do things, right? And it there has to be something. Otherwise, why leave your house? Why you have to leave your house and make money because otherwise the electricity is going to be turned off. You you know, you're not going to be able to afford things. You're not going to be able to afford food. So you go out, you you do your job and you come home with your money and you pay for things. If everything was guaranteed to you, light, electricity, everything, you know, you just you had it. What's going to incentivize you to leave? And go be productive and go make things and go be part of this society. You know, it's kind of like what happened in COVID. And and I think to this day, a lot of people have been talking about like there's some something shifted in our in our culture a little bit where people just maybe don't necessarily want to do a job, you know, um, because you were incentivized to stay home. And, and it kind of it's awesome. I mean, great. You get to stay home and live your life. And somebody else is going to provide for you. And it just doesn't work. Things don't just magically appear. That food at the supermarket doesn't magically just go up. It's not like somebody in the back of, of your supermarket, of your local supermarket, is just like, you know, these things magically come out of something. You have to grow that food. You have to produce that food. Who's going to do that? Do you really think people want to go work the fields because they love it? Yeah, it sounds like. Well, it would be profit motive, basically, is what gets people to do yes. it for the most. You need a profit. And also, profit is the perfect regulate, like way to regulate the market. You know exactly what somebody's willing to pay for something. You're willing to pay $1,000 for a cell phone because you find value in that cell phone, right? But if, you know, I was like, hey, this Apple phone, whatever, isn't $20,000, maybe you'd be like, yeah, I don't really need that. There's a price point that is the right point that you're willing to pay for. So that, you need that. And do you think that you need to let people suffer? I, I think, I'll just tell you this. I think you need to let people suffer. And the ones that pick themselves up and strive for something better are the success ones that prep, send their genetics on to the next generation. And the ones that, that can't get out of the suffering die off and their genetics no longer are with us. You ever you ever look at the, the um, Instagram page, uh, like, what is it? Uh, Nature is Metal? Yes, dude. So one of the things that that page constantly says right and shows you all kinds of stuff animals getting eat all the time and he's like look nature's not fair it's brutal. not it's brutal and and the cheaters and the most brutal are rewarded yeah. mm -hmm. and so what you need to do is you need to have your society be in harmony with the fact that the world is unfair and i'm not saying accept that it's unfair and just be like oh well this is the way it is and, and just ignore it but to, when i say be in harmony means you have to understand that the world is unfair so you have to design a system that allows for those things to happen without destroying the system right and that's one of the things that individuals that are free can do if you have decentralized and you should you understand decentralized uh, more than most people but if you have decentralized power one person cheating or taking advantage of someone else or whatever doesn't ruin the system. But if you have centralized power, then the incentive for the people in charge is to do whatever the hell they want. Because who's going to stop them? Look at the way that the government's acting now, right? The, our government isn't a communist government. Tot like it's not a totalitarian communist government. But the government currently is persecuting people that have bad opinions. Because who's going to stop them? You know, I was just thinking we should probably do a Kickstarter for the Lenin statue shooting range thing, which would <laughs> undoubtedly be rejected by Kickstarter. But it would just really be, be really funny to have like that video where we're like, you know, our plan is to start a business that brings people together. Our plan, buy a statue of Lenin and then let people come to a shooting range where they can fire guns at it. What's the, st what's the statue made of? Bronze. 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 Okay, but, soft. you know, we've got a Barrett M82. Yeah. 
And, you know, we would charge like a hundred bucks yeah. you for it. Got to be at least you like know, 100 yards away. No, I think <laughs> I think if we were going to allow anyone to fire the M82 at it, it'd have to be like $1,000 for one round. Fair. Because it destroys the statue, like severely. And it, and you know, like if people are firing 22s at it or whatever, you can go forever and, and, and enjoy it. I, I wouldn't let them fire 22, well, unless you're far away because they're going to fly out rickshaw, perhaps. But, just but, put, yeah. it in, put it with the chickens because them shitting on Len's head is way better. <laughs> Because it will last for eternity. People can take pictures Bearing with it. Bearing him waist up and then yeah. letting the chickens come in and you can come and take pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're less likely to ban our Kickstarter, but it would still be hilarious to make the Kickstarter video where it's like, your contribution today, what do you get? You know, for a $10 contribution, you get one ticket to come to Leninland where you can watch chickens take a dump on his head. Oh, please don't call it Leninland. Please. We do not need to, like, no, no. Unless it's like... Lenin sucks land, then maybe. We can call it Utopia. I was just no, thinking that. Yeah. Just call it Utopia. Welcome yeah. to Utopia. Yeah, that's actually funny. Chicken then, shitty. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Living in the shitty. Yeah. The chicken shitty. <laughs> and like, do you have a dog? We can allow your dog to come in and urinate on this dance. <laughs> there you go. For a $5 fee. I still like Phil doing it more. <laughs> oh, no, but you can too. Yeah, that'd be a good video of just him yelling like full on. <laughs> it feels so <laughs> right. <laughs> From behind. <laughs> The statue of Lenin. So I guess the reason why it's still up is because it's on private property and it's privately owned. Cool. So it's been it's been very controversial with a lot of people saying it's like putting a Klansman up and I putting. Bet you know, they're so ready to get rid of it. Talk we're gonna go to Super Jets. So uh, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member. To watch the members-only portion of this show... And uh, we will uh, have you guys call into the show. And you can talk to us and our guests. It'll be good fun. But for the time being, let's uh, see, read your Super Chats. I'm not your buddy, guys. As I believe your theory on 2020 and lockdowns is challenged by them wanting to re-implement those measures. It wasn't anger, but rather opportunity for fewer integrity measures. Throw in media hysteria mixed with cult members and you got willing lone wolves committing fraud. Interesting. All right. Corey Anderson says, where is Will Chamberlain? You need to bring in lawyers to talk about all this BS. Where is Will? Uh, Will's a good friend, but he works for Ron DeSantis. So, uh, Still he does? Yeah. Uh-huh. Does he want to work for Ron? Will. Yes. But uh, as you all know, DeSantis's campaign has barred any of their people from coming on this show. So lame. Take that for uh, what you will. All right, we'll grab some more. Andre Tukulescu. Fun fact, Canada has a mandatory re retirement age of 75 for senators, and it's useless. After the Bill C-18 debacle, which has removed news from Meta and Google, Canada has now effectively banned WD-40 beginning 2024 help. What, really? Wow. What do we got? JM says, yo, Timmy, what up? Thanks for joining. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, ignorance rules until illegals are sleeping on your sidewalks. They voted for it. And this is the noble life of democracy, Tim. The belief in humanity, even though humanity is, is a screaming, selfish mob. Fair point. Yeah, we didn't get into the story. Uh, Eric Adams saying that New York is doomed. 
it made me feel really good. He's like, we got 10,000 immigrants coming every month. This, the city can't handle it. We're, we're, it's over. And it's just funny because it's like, well, you, you said if they voted for you, you'd make it a sanctuary city and maintain that policy. And you did. And now it's all burning down around you. So, you know, you, you, you did it to yourself. Oop. You reap what you sow, man. Uh, Bullseye Ben says to New York City, you made your bed. Now sleep in it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah says, watch the bit about Baldur's Gate with all the wokeness stuff being at the forefront. I think being able to get screwed by a bear was overlooked. LOL. Yeah. Was it actually a bear, though? Because droids can turn into animals and stuff. <laughs> so it's like it, it, I'm playing Baldur's Gate. The mechanics are awesome. It's a crazy game because you can literally do anything like you, you're you, the main character, you can die. And then just play the game without it and, and carry on the storyline as somebody else. It's really interesting. And, and, and I think it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting question about these uh, identities in character creation, because if they truly made a game with an open character creation, you could literally create any character within the confines of the story's universe. In which case, if it's possible to exist, you can make it. So, like, you could literally create a, char- create a character who's schizophrenic. That's the future of character creation in video games. I gotta buy this game. Baldur's Gate? Yeah. Why? So I can at least know what the guys are talking about. Isn't this the one you, you and Ian are playing? Uh, Ian, uh, yeah, Ian play, was playing it first, but I guess he stopped. I've been playing it. I'm, I've, got about, I've got about six hours in. My biggest problem with it right now, so it's basically Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's a really awesome mechanic that it's like if you are in combat and you fire an arrow at someone, there it's like your attack versus their defense or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a D20, a, a dice roll and stuff like that. The problem I'm having with it is that the path I'm taking in the game naturally is charisma and persuasion, mm-hmm. meaning I'm, I'm succeeding by talking my way through everything which creates a problem because my characters are savvy but can't fight. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's like I'm in a level 7 area with level with level 3 dudes and I'm successfully navigating all of the conflict through going to try and talk persuasion. your way out of the dragon. But, but it, it, you get right. one hit. And then it comes to a point where there's somewhere where you can't avoid the conflict and it's like you instantly lose. Yeah. And I'm like, but come on, man. If I'm leveling up through persuasion and charisma and not focusing on combat, what, like Tell me that before, because I, I had to go back and reload a save like 30 minutes prior, because I'm like, oh, okay. That's just bad That's lame. game design. Yeah, like I walk I walk out of the, I don't want to give too much of the game away, but I walk out of room and there's like 12 NPCs, instant combat, and I'm like, well, I'm dead. You maybe need to do side quests to build up, get up to level four or something. That's, that, that's fine, and I understand that, like with most RPGs, but it's just an issue of, in most RPGs, as you're progressing through the story, your combat is leveling up. And then you might say, ah, the next level is a little high, so I better, you know, level up my guys. But I am leveling up my guys. I'm just leveling them up in other ways. And so it's like, you know, I'm running into that wall. Yeah. But it's fine. I get it. Yeah, I just started it too. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's like Divinity 2, but less cartoony. If you guys ever played Divinity, Divinity series, it's kind of like a King's Quest, like a talking oh, crab yeah. with like King's a crown. Quest. Yeah, I that's love King's Quest. Larry and Studios, who's make Baldur's Gate 3, their, their earlier two games are the Divinity and Divinity 2 games, and they're like 98 out of 100 top-level games, just like Baldur's Gate, top-down isometric. But they're more crazy. Like, you can teleport. You know, there's tons of stuff. To, Baldur's Gate's more, like, realistic. I am enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. 
Uh, all right, let's grab some more super chats. Troll Ken says you should have Thomas E. Woods on the show. He's a historian and podcaster whose work inspired the Mises Caucus. He's a friend too. Super knowledgeable, but also a fun and conversational guy. Tom Woods is great. Look, we want to do a culture war episode debating communism. I'd love to get somebody who lived it. You know, I mean, to be fair, Luke did too, but very briefly, Luke Rakowski. I haven't heard back from Zoltan yet. Oh, that'd te- be amazing. I text him. But... Oof. Like I said, you're going to be in Miami. I can definitely introduce you to a whole bunch. I mean, that would be super amazing if we did like, uh, maybe, maybe we, maybe we get something with, we do like one of those panels where you get, you know, you get 10 people to sit down in chairs and you ask them questions about what's going on. That'd be super awesome. Maybe a lot could do it while we're down there. All right, let's grab some more uh, super chats. Treadbull says, Phil, what would you have said to Hinkle if you were here when he was? Well, I mean, I'm not here to pick fights with people. Like, I'm. It, this is not my podcast, so I'm not. I'm going to be polite and stuff like that. Uh, but I would have drilled him about property rights and what he does to what his plan is to do with the people that dissent, because it's always the same plan: kill him. I don't. I don't think he's actually a communist, though. But we'll see if we have that bigger conversation. There are people who are young and naive who are like, communism is just when people take care of each other and we share our stuff. It's like, no, 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 you poor child. That's not what communism is. Somebody's in charge. That's the lie they tell you so that they can kill your family and steal your stuff. Yep. <laughs> so, But is he naive or is he just evil and doesn't understand? Oh, because naive. I think that, you know, ultimately, if you are in favor of this and it, you know it always ends in people starving and people being killed and stuff you have to be a little evil to to like this to want that i mean it's no, just they, they, the path, it, the path they the paint it like something yeah they they but, paint but it, it like it's how old is he 22 yeah but i mean come uh, on he's 22 and he's young and whatever but he's not dumb right he, he no, uh, objectively ignorant and naive sure there's, there's a difference between the people who are willfully lying and the people who have been tricked and are saying dumb things we can call it the banality of evil in that they're going along with it. But the thing about Hinkle is I don't even think he is of the banality of evil communism. There are people who are like, communism is actually good. Like, I've read Marx. And it's like, okay, you're the banality. Then you've got people who know what it really is and lie to you. And that's, that's the malice and the abject. But what, what he's saying isn't even communism. He was not describing communism, at least at least in our conversation. Yeah, I, th- I think the best thing to do with Hinkle, I mean, I, I guess he's got stuff on the Internet, but it, it, it's probably good to go ahead and just like list off a bunch of things that typically communism. He's know, talking he's, with he's talking he about says. like regulation. Yeah, we agreed on that. Like we had a similar vision of like socializing certain aspects of, of our governance, but how we get there is like, do you want to use communism to get there? Do you want to use like voluntarism to get there? Which I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. The libertarians would always be like, voluntarism is the way. People will do it because the they yeah, want. It is the way. But like you were saying earlier, if you don't have incentive, is it just capital? Because yeah, then when but they do you do nice the- things for people because you have an incentive to do it? I mean, I think that it's it's a cultural thing. It's it's. I mean, honestly... Being a voluntarist, you do have a level of, of um, like you do it for your own well-being. You don't do things for other people for other people. You do it for yourself. You feel good when you volunteer. I mean, I love to volunteer, and I'll be the first to say it. I love to volunteer because it makes me feel good. I love to do things for other people. It makes me feel good. You have to be a little bit of of a selfish person, even to to give to other people. I mean, there's an incentive to do it. And think, yeah, sorry. Well, think you know. Uh, we talked about Tom Woods. Uh, I heard him talking about this one time. There's this 
odd thing that happens when you purchase something, right? You go to the store and you give them money and, and give the, they give you the thing or whatever and you both say thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the, that's very rare where both people are thanking each other because the, both people feel like they have had a good experience in the exchange, right? You wanted the thing more than you than you wanted the money and the people that had the thing want the money more than the thing, right? And th- that filling the need of another person is part of, of what makes uh, markets work. The fact that you have the ability to fill a need and they can pay you, which is that, that positive exchange, that's why markets work. And that's one of the things that's very pro-social about, about markets that just doesn't exist in command economies, command econ- like a, a socialist system. There's no thank you. When you just have it, you know, you, you go in and get your ticket or if you're sitting in a bread line for, for hours and stuff to, to get, you know, just the basics and stuff. So that's one of the things about voluntarism is both people are engaging because they want to in a voluntary way. And both people come out feeling like they got at least a decent deal or both people feel, come out feeling like they got screwed. And that's how you know that you got a good deal, too. If, if, you're, if the guy you, you did business with feels like he, you, you, you took him and you kind of feel like the guy took you, well, then you probably got a fair deal, you know? All right. The text vet says, the Trump flag shown is obviously speaking about the U.S., not individuals. That's why it shows 1776. They're saying Trump to win or America is dead. It seems fairly obvious as that's what everyone's been saying. I agree with that. I'd say Trump to be freed trump to not be facing this yes trump to win is a whole other scenario i mean is he the best candidate i mean put it to a vote right but to say that he has to win i think that's taking it to the next level i think it should be trump to be free of these charges uh otherwise america is in a bad place sure i can agree to that i don't think that he has to. Th- then that's starting a whole other thing. So if Trump doesn't win, does that give you an excuse to now go out and riot? I mean, come on. Like, isn't that how we got here in the first place? Like, it's just one step at a time, people. Let's let him be free. Let's, you know, let's let the system work itself. Pablo Papano says, Ian, no president can unite the U.S., only God and graphene. <laughs> hey, God's a big part of it. And graphene's awesome because that'll give us a unified, like an industrial focus as a nation. I, I actually agree with that. I think at this point, there, I don't think there's any politician that could actually unite the United States. No. Uh, I do think there is something to be said about God uniting a people. I don't see, I don't see how you create a culture of faith in the United States today. But if, if you were to look back at the past in the United States, people hated each other and they fought politically, but they all at least shared a moral framework, and that is their faith. And because of that, you know, there was cohesion. Yeah, now I see it with Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all focusing on a, on a uni, unifaith, this, this one God. Framework. A shared moral framework creates stability. And it doesn't matter who your political leader is if everyone has the same morals. They fear if I do something wrong, I will be punished by someone else. And so it's interesting that faith in a God or religion that has punishment for bad deeds means you're not going to be the liar, the cheater, the stealer, because there is someone who is, is coming to punish you. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be a president, but I think a human that can translate the ideas of God and graphene or something, you know, whatever it is that unifies the people, if someone can translate that to the people like Gandhi, he wasn't the president of India. He was just a guy, he was just a lawyer, but he rose to the occasion. 
and inspire people to free themselves. Neglectful Sausage says Tim Pool smoking that copium. Quote, they're ramping up arrests and putting people on the right in for 20 years. They're totally losing. JFC. Yep. I think you'd have to be fairly naive not to understand the point of what's going on. There are thing called, uh, things called death throws. Do you guys know what death throws are? Yeah. When someone begins to die, they begin violently thrashing about. Not everybody. Uh, when someone is drowning, what do they do? They violently thrash about. If someone is drowning and you go to rescue them, what do they do? They grab you and drag you down. That's why they say you have to go up behind them. You know, there's like a, a, a technique for rescuing people who are drowning. There's a way for them to pass out, actually. They do. <laughs> really? You, yeah, otherwise that's what could, I was told in lifeguarding class. You go up behind them and right. uh, uh, pull them from behind. But uh, uh, that's one technique. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a lifeguard. But uh, here's the thing. If they were in control, they would not need to indict Donald Trump at all. If they were in control, they would not need to put Enrique Tarrio in prison. They'd, they'd simply shut everything up. They'd cut his bank account. They'd destroy his life. They tried all that. It didn't work. The Proud Boys famously got debanked. And Enrique Tarrio can, continued to do everything he did. It's more like the uh, economic hitman stories. You know, first they say, join us. Then they say, well, we're going to pay you off. Then they start hurt, like, hurt, hurting you. And then they come in and remove you. But what's happening now with these cultural victories across the board, I mean, come on, man, look at Rumble, the expansion that they've had. Look at Public Square. If, if everything keeps moving in this direction, the old school uniparty machine ceases to exist in a couple generations. Their only options now, after everything else has failed, censorship failed, debanking failed. Their only thing left is violence do you think and that, even that's not going to work that a decentralized form of governance in the united states could compete with the chinese communist Excuse me? centralized party absolutely absolutely i mean think about it if if this country was that beacon of freedom that's why everyone wants to be here anyways even though we're not because we are you know we do have that like one of the the things i've, I've thought about this is is why don't we have an elon musk in latin america why is it that only the united states has these people coming here with all these great ideas and starting these great companies. It's that freedom that brings people here. You want the best from around the world to come here. You want the best minds here in the United States. You will beat everybody else. We need that innovation. We want that innovation. We should be welcoming. I mean, it, it, feel however you want to feel about immigration. I'm not going to debate it. But um, if you had a policy where you... Hey, all of those people who in Venezuela, Cuba, whatever, that are those great thinkers, that are those great doers, why wouldn't you want them here? They're trying to flee. Why wouldn't you want them here? Why do you want them to go to Russia or to China or anywhere else? You want them here in the United States giving those great ideas. And, you know, yes, I think that a decentralized country could. I mean, that is how the United States became the United States. Yeah, I, I get it. So less less federal authority allows for more privatization of and, and wealth gain growth, which can is more makes you more resistant to a foreign nation. It's actually the wealth of in the nation. In my generation, I went from using a telephone on the wall because we had a monopoly with Ma Bell. And as soon as that, that government control of it went away, look at us now. We have these little devices in our hands. This is in my generation. It's just so absurd how much government control just keeps us down. And we keep asking for more of it. How much innovation and technology would we be at if we didn't have the government stifling us to open a business you have to go through all these rigmaroles just to get it started why you know it's just it's ridiculous well, the government does not help you in any way shape or form some proprietary um monopolies can be can be really destructive and like if google were to try and take over the world right now alphabet like 
we would need our government to help protect us, at least on they American soil. They can't take soil. over the world if there is no government making them the only people doing things. Com- competitors happen all the time. Go- I, I know... I mean, I still use Google, but DuckDuckGo, you have solutions. You cannot have a monopoly where there is a free market. Well, you could have big players in the free market collude sure. and kind of monopoly, like BlackRock, Vanguard, State BlackRock is absolutely using the United States government to get to where they want to be. Do you think they'd, they'd be in a worse place without the U.S. government? Of or, course. Or a stronger place? I mean, depends on where you're, what your worse or better is. I think they're in a position that is not favorable to the people of the United States, and they got there using government. The thing about large corporations is, uh, Ian, for instance, you mentioned MSNBC with a lag. Yeah. They invest ridiculous sums of money into this, this foundation. They build a machine that's hard to move. As time progresses, their methodologies and technologies become arc- more and more obsolete or archaic, and upstarts, startups, become disruptive and start moving in. What we typically see is the government then create roadblocks to support the jobs by propping up failing industries. So in not every circumstance, but there are many circumstances where we'd be better off if these systems were allowed to collapse and crumble into themselves. So you, you have companies that should have failed. The auto industry crumbled from, from their own errors. You have the banking industry. But then you look at government programs. These things should be better handled by uh, nonprofits. I have no problem with uh, social programs. The problem I have is they're not allowed to fail. Once social programs run out, don't work anymore, they should, they, whenever any program is created, it should have a sunset clause. This is for five years, and then it's done. Instead, you get these welfare programs, they keep putting band-aids over and tape over, and it keeps making a bigger and bigger system that can't fail, and it gets broken and worse, and it just infects, and it gets, it, 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 there's, there's problems there. But let's read some more Super Chats. Got to read this one from Christy Harris. She says, Ian, I adore you. Please consider Trump was more divisive due to things said about him and not by him. He could not be liked, so others, Deep State, fueled hate. However, he was a clapback master, i.e. Rosie. Yeah, yeah, they, they, the, the fan, the, the flames were fanned. I won't deny that. The media did play a huge part in the back and forth, but so did Don. Like, telling Hillary Clinton he was gonna, would have her arrested and thrown in jail while he was campaigning. Yeah, it's way worse that they're actually arresting people and throwing people in jail. I know, but like, you open up, he opened up the <laughs> gate for, I, that's my opinion, by saying that on stage, like, for a power play, it's like, what are you, what are you messing with, bro? All right. Mia Culpa, 632, says, I invite you and all of the TimCast crew to come to Mountaineer in Martinsburg on Sunday at 2 p.m. for a friendly dart luck of the draw, building relationships with the local community. Uh... Perhaps I will be there. I don't know for sure what we're doing, uh, what, what, what the plans are this weekend, but um, that's the Mountaineer in Martinsburg. We got a bunch of stuff happening in Martinsburg, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. We were talking about creating Cousin T's, a diner, and Papa Jack's Pizza Shack. I think we should do it in Martinsburg. Who's, uh, who's Pizza Shack? Papa Jack. Jack Basobic. Oh, okay, right, okay. Papa right. Jack's Pizza Shack. I'm into it. With a skate park in the back. I'm into oh, it. Oh, that's right. Bring the whole family. Skate and then eat. You know what I'm thinking would be super cool? An anti-Times Square. We create our businesses. We've got our coffee shop. We've got Cousin T's Diner. We've got Papa Jack's Pizza Shack. We get a My Pillow brick and mortar store. Just take over a whole like intersection. Would you uh, just, call it? Just a street in a downtown yeah. area with all of these businesses that are the parallel economy. Uh, we have, we have a bar that the bar serves ultra right, you know, a conservative dad's ultra right beer and um, 
I want to call people. It. People will travel to come hang out and be a part of this cultural oh, yeah. hub. They would totally travel. I was thinking we like gotta do this. Anti it's anti times. It was anti times. Smith, this didn't work. Anti times square. Yeah. Times circle doesn't look good when in writing. But we don't call it anti times square. But that's the general idea of what it is. How cool would that be? And then the thing about Martinsburg is that it's a couple hours from a, a bunch of different metros. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia is mm -hmm. a few hours away. You got DC, Baltimore. Richmond is a few hours away. Freedom uh, Square. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Freedom. Yeah, Freedom something. I mean, there there's a bunch of Freedom Squares all over the place. Yeah, but, but how cool would it be? <laughs> you uh, you get a hotel, you come down, and then you can get breakfast at Cousin Disney T's. Disney World for people who like Freedom. But like Times Square, because there's no theme parks or anything. But we could put an arcade. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be super cool. I mean, you said a skate park. Yeah. Papa Jack's Pizza Shack with skate park in the back. Yeah, don't eat before you skate. Eat after it's not, you skate. It's not really, the skate park isn't really a part of Papa Jack's Pizza Shack. It's just on the other side of the street. You know what I mean? And it's just fun to say. This is really cool. And then we'll buy the statue of Lenin and we'll, we'll top oh, it. Oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll move it to New Times Square. I love right. this. We put Where? it in the bathroom of New Times Square. Yeah, let's call it New Times Square. Yeah. Put it in the bathroom. Everyone just... Because it's know. like new times, but, times but it's also square. Times. Like I'm, new room. I'm willing to bet that there are enough people in this space that would hands down. Martinsburg is not super expensive. It's the fastest growing city in West mm -hmm. Virginia. They would easily be like, okay, we'll set up, we'll set up a shop there. Why not? Because well, I was going to say millions, millions. Well, how of people about move how there. about Jeremy Hambly sets up a a comic a, a card shop and a comic shop, gaming and all that stuff. So now we've got the makings of you know five different businesses. We got to get a my pillow brick and mortar store. Super easy to do because the inventory doesn't expire. Isn't Eric July from the uh, DC area too? Is he out here? I'm he not sure where he is. Then. That would be sick though. Oh yeah. yeah, a comic shop with Eric July would be awesome. Uh, not to throw more stuff on his plate. The guy's going nuts as it is because of all the business he's got. But yeah, but we can figure this out. So we're talking with Chef Andrew Gruel because uh, that was uh, uh, actually Terrence Williams' idea, and I'm like. That's a good idea. I hit him up right away. And he was like, let's roll. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to have our own parallel economy and our own cultural hub where we do events. We have comedians. We're going to have at our venue a small stage for comedy and stuff. We have like Ryan Log do stand up. Let's block off the street and have like block parties. We could. We like could, every Sunday or something. Well, we can't just do that. That's going to be like, you know, we got to talk to the Yeah, yeah, with the city and, and everything. We could shut it down and do street festivals on Sundays. But I'm thinking it's one thing that we can we can do is with uh, with our coffee shop and the small stage we have, we could easily get big bands. We could afford to pay them to come out and make mm -hmm. this a big attraction. Mm -hmm. You could play outside on a stage. I don't know of any uh, any venues in the... West, I don't know where in West Virginia there are venues. I'm sure that there's at least one. I'm not talking 100. I'm, I'm not talking 200 people. I'm talking like a 75 person coffee shop acoustic set. Yeah. Secret show style. Sure. But we sure. can, whereas like a small coffee shop normally wouldn't be able to pay major label bands. We could do that for the purpose of bringing people to our space. And then they go get dinner at Papa Jack's Pizza Shack. They, mm -hmm. they get a hotel room next morning. They wake up and they go to Cousin T's Diner. Hmm. Oh, dude, this would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. We got to make it happen. We need like to just build a hotel there too. There, there are you hotels. Know there. anybody at the Hilton? But I, 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 this, I think this would be just good for everybody. I, I, I wonder what the people there. Uh, so what I do know is that locals, because we're working there already, yeah. and we've had a bunch of people ask us, like, "Can you please invest and help build this stuff up?" And uh, I think it'd be really cool if we brought all these parallel economy businesses. And brought him in. We could probably just go down the list of Public Square and be like, if you're a company on Public Square, how would you like to <laughs> let's do this? So it'd be super cool. Well, we're going to be doing it at the very least. 
We're going to be, uh, I've been talking to Jack Posobiec about a family pizza chain for a long time because, you know, his big thing is Pizza Hut nationalism, family pizza <laughs> rest. But, but it's yeah. like, he brings a good point. Like, there's this viral video of 1989, a Pizza Hut, and it was a bunch of people mm -hmm. coming and having a birthday party. And it's like, when do we do this anymore? Oh, it was so fun. That was the days, I know. man. Pizza Hut now is a, a strip mall, small store that does delivery only. Now we need places where people come together. I look at GameStop. And I went to GameStop the other day, and I'm like, dude, this is, the this is the wrong business model. GameStop needs to dedicate a third of its store to competitions, community events, and, and tabletop games. Hmm. GameStop should be a place where you could, it, it should be the, the big chain for, for tabletop games and video game comp competitions. You should be able to, like, the, why is it, why do you need the product? Why do you need the best controller? Why do you need the best headset? Oh, bro, because the insert video game competition is going to be held at your local GameStop Friday night, and you can win 50 bucks in, in store credit. You can, or you can go to nationals, or you can be, you know, get into these leagues or whatever. If you're playing video games, esports competitively, what's your local hub? GameStop could do that. I've been saying that for years, but that's just me. What do you think for Jack's Pizza Shack? Did Papa Pop, Jack's. Pop Jack's. What do you think about Daddy Jack's Pizza Shack? I think Papa Jack's Pizza Shack works better. It's a bit more alliterative. And Daddy's kind of sexual, so I get it. <laughs> but Papa's already Papa John was used for Papa John. I think Daddy is only sexual in certain contexts because I've heard the word Daddy a whole lot. Okay, where it was totally All right, guys, not Uncle J Uncle Jack's Pizza Shack. Uncle Jack's Pizza Shack. That well, I, I don't want to derail. Um, Papa yeah, Jack is kind of like Papa is, Jack's. Mm. Uncle's not good. Mm -mm. Papa Jack's neighbor. <laughs> Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. everybody, if you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show if you really do like it. And head over to TimCast.com. Click join us. Become a member. The Members Only Uncensored show is coming up in a few minutes. You don't want to miss it. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. Everywhere you can follow me personally at TimCast. Martha, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, like I said, I'm in starting a new business. And uh, it's a Delta 8. It's a completely different way of consuming uh, cannabinoids and so we're starting with delta 8 and we will have more soon uh, if you want to check us out ourgood.com right on i am uh phil labonte you can follow me on twitter at phil that remains or if you want to call it x that's fine too you can follow me on instagram uh i am at phil that remains official the band is all that remains you can follow us on spotify and apple music and youtube and amazon and you know the internet pothead over here Speaking of pothead, <laughs> oh, I, 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 maybe I didn't tweet you out earlier. Your Twitter, people. My point. Twitter is at Bueno for Miami, and that's my handle for pretty much all social media. Um, I'm looking forward. I want to talk. It's our good. O U R G O O D. That is correct. Ourgood.com. I want to ask you about it on the after show a little bit. Absolutely. I want to hear all about this Delta Nine stuff. Do you want to try it? Let's. Yes, uh, let's every day. Let's, let's talk to uh, Carter. You, you want to shout something out? Yeah, no, I'm pumped to be on today because uh, we just wrapped up a music video. As you all know, Ian's in it. Uh, well, maybe you don't know, but it's coming out very soon, so follow TimCast songs. Um, you can follow me at Carter Banks on Twitter, and uh, yeah. All right, everybody. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.